Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Carver could not be with us tonight because he's been raptured. Wait, wait what am I still doing here? <laughs> I'll host the show myself. Wait, they threw me back. Oh, damn it. And uh, welcome to Animation Aficionados. I am your host, Ben, living in sin. And with me is TV's Mr. Neil. I mustn't run away. I mustn't run away. And uh, joining us is Rob. Hello, I'm Rob. And of course, our very special guest, Tiffany Grant, the one and only. Hello, hello. You know what? I got out of a movie today at uh, about five after the time the rapture was supposed to start occurring. And I was like, it's running late. <laughs> no, no. Well, and I was telling I was telling the guys, there's all this stuff on the Internet about how people are posting pictures of themselves with their like with clothes like yes. laid out as them. Yes. And, but they're not in them. And I thought. All I need to do is is do that with mine, and then have a large puddle of orange tang. <laughs> but only like five people would get it. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome. Ah, uh, Ava reference. Four of them are here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, we have uh, we have a great show ahead of us, uh, and uh, let's get this ball rolling. Tiffany, I got this very strange question I want to ask you. Oh, oh how strange is it? It's not strange as much as it's a technical question about. Oh, about, okay, that's well, all right. When when you uh, when you uh, you know gonna voice a character, mm-hmm. do you uh, do you watch the original Japanese version of the anime to get a good idea of the character itself here, the, how the Japanese voice actor actress does it, and, or do you just go go in it fresh, just read about the character and based off of that? Well, it's a little bit longer answer than you probably really wanted me to give you. But the truth is, I I used to. I used to think that that was so terribly important. And so I would try to get uh, copies. You know, this would be like after I was cast in the show and I would watch them and so on and so forth. Um, But the truth is, because of the nature of anime... I don't think that it's really that important. I mean, we're not trying to emulate a performance that somebody has already done. And also, I don't really speak Japanese. Yeah, I know a few words here and there, but not enough to coherently understand someone's performance. Um, So, I mean, if people don't go and watch a performance of Macbeth to think, boy, if I do Macbeth someday, I'm going to do it the exact way that they did it. So I don't watch it for that. Um... But I did used to watch it to get an idea of the story, but I happened upon this discovery one day, which uh, turns out to be my favorite part of doing anime. It's maybe the only kind of acting that you can do where you can be genuinely surprised at what happens. So you don't... So you can react naturally to the situations as they play out in front of you. So if you're doing... um, a film or a play, well, especially if you're doing a play, you've not only read the whole thing, you've memorized it, you've rehearsed it, and you fight against what's called playing the end of the scene. In other words, the actor knows what's going to happen, but the character doesn't. And so anime frees up the actor to just live right in that moment. The dialogue's right there, so you don't have to memorize it. You can just focus on acting. And I think it's brilliant, and I really have come to appreciate that about it. So that is actually the reason why I don't try to spend so much time uh, getting copies of it and watching it beforehand, because I don't think it ever really helped me that much, and um, possibly was a hindrance. 
So there you go. Okay. That was <laughs> like long, that a, but no. It that's was a definitely... way long answer, but that was, that's the truth. That is not the answer I expected. That was that was good. There you go. <laughs> that was a good answer. That I, I, I like that answer, actually. Okay. So. Well, that's I knew it was going to be a long one, but the, the truth is it took me a lot of years to come to that um, that circumstance. Okay. Uh, I have I have another question, then we'll move okay. on to some questions that uh, Neil will have. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, I w- I once heard uh, that the that what's called a common mistake whenever someone starts uh, voice acting, mm-hmm. it from doing regular acting, stage mm-hmm. acting is right. is you know they're in the studio space and they're actually moving around acting acting while they're doing the voice and i've heard that you know as a voice actor becomes more experienced they stop doing that what's your take on that well yes and no i i kind of don't know exactly what you're getting at because i can't see you um i every every voice actor that i have ever met we all admit to moving around wildly in the booth and oftentimes emulating to the extent that's feasible exactly what our character is doing on the screen but what you do have to be mindful of is your microphone so you have to maintain your mic placement but you can still be very physical you can still move around uh, you know, with your arms and I mean, there's still a fair amount of movement that you can achieve. And I would find it, I think, impossible to do without moving around. In fact, I can't sit. I mean, some people do sit, but I, I've never been able to do that working on anime to sit in a chair because the scenes are usually very physical. So, um, I would say maybe a common beginner's mistake would be moving around to the extent that you're not staying on mic. That would be very bad. But I think everybody moves around, and some of us more than others, probably. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think I know that ADV was always big on, and and most companies have done their own foley, and a lot of the actors do foley for. Yeah, and for a lot scenes. of times we misappropriate the the use of that term. Literally, Foley is all of the clangs and bangs and sound effects that are going on in the background. Um, and we have misappropriated the <laughs> in a way to mean all of those um, reactions and sounds mm. that we do. Sometimes we'll refer to those as Foley, but they're really technically not Foley. So what we'll do... Well, any voice actor would have to do would be all of like the fight sounds and the... Huh, and the screams and the grunts and the moans and the sighs and all of that. But for the literal definition of Foley, that's truly not what that is. But yeah, we, we do that stuff, but they have been known to, you know, add uh, different sounds in uh, as needed uh, for things that weren't covered adequately, perhaps uh, originally like guns. The Japanese are so good at guns because they don't really have guns there. Sometimes yeah, they're not as good <laughs> unless they're doing a show that's, you know, completely focused on it. And then it's like hyper realistic. And you're like, wow, yeah, really did research on that one. Like mm-hmm. Gunsmith Cats. Like Gunsmith Cats. Yeah. Gunsmith was Cats gonna... was very heavily researched. And, you know, when you hear the engine revving and it's really the Shelby engine and so forth. Oh, hmm. yeah. Uh, Neil, you got any questions? Uh, yeah, actually. Oh. What was it like to first discover that uh, you had fans? 
Oh, wow, that is a fantastic question. Um, that was bizarre, I have to say. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been doing this for a long time. For people who don't know, I've I've been in the anime industry for over seventeen years now, and uh, it just it didn't really dawn on me. And I remember the the first convention where I was a guest or sort of a guest, and that was about uh, well fourteen years ago. Was that right? No. I'm asking you like you know. I don't 14, know, Tiffany. Yeah, 14, yeah, 14 years ago this month, actually. And I didn't really know what to do with myself, so I was hanging out at the ADV table and helping them sell um, videotapes and posters and so forth. And this guy came up to the table, and he asked me something about signing. And... I completely did not understand what he meant, and I pointed to, there was, now this is in ye olden days, there was a sign-up sheet for a mailing list. And I, when he was saying something about signings, I somehow, in my mind, interpreted that mean to mean signing up for the mailing list. So I pointed to that, and a guy looked at me like I was an idiot, and Janice Williams said, Tiffany, he's asking you for your autograph. And I uh, said, no, he's not. No, he's and I not. looked at him, and I said, that's not what you meant, was it? And he goes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's looking at you like, I know. How do you not want to send I know, like I'm a moron. Sad and, eyes. Like, I know, and uh, I thought, oh my God, this! what must he think of me that I'm so stupid that I couldn't comprehend what he was saying? So I signed his whatever, I don't even know what it was that I signed, um, two or three somethings for him. And like uh, my part in Ava was just coming out at that time, or I don't remember if the first tape had come out or it was about to come out. Um, yeah, it was May of 97. So I had, right. I had just been starting on Ava right before that. And I remember that they had a backdrop and it had a, there was a picture of Oscar on it, I think. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was my first autograph that I ever signed. And I remember I told my dad that night, I signed an autograph. So that was, yeah, that was pretty crazy that, that first time uh, realizing that and, you know, starting to attend other conventions after that and that people knew who I was because I just kind of assumed being a voice actor that people really wouldn't pay that much attention. Plus, this was still during the days of videotape, so we were right in the whole thick of the sub versus dub, and, uh, you know, most of the people attending conventions were really um, much more favored towards <laughs> subtitles at the time. So, uh, yeah, it just it, it didn't really occur to me that there would be such a thing. And, of course those youngsters coming up now who've only been going to conventions for the last couple of years have absolutely no idea, no idea. what that was like at oh, that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. That's, that reminds me. we will, very different. <laughs> we will be having a future episodes about uh, about bad localizations and subs versus dubs in the future. So. Oh, okay. Just a note. <laughs> a future flashback to the past. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So... What do you think was the hardest role for you to get into? Hmm. The first one that comes to my mind was a show called Noir. A pretty, pretty big show there by uh, from B Train. Oh, 
uh, dark, obviously, as the name implies. And the character that I played in that was she was kind of a high priestess character who had some sinister plans. And I had a hard time with her because she was an introspective type character. She was very, very reserved and quiet. And I remember, at least for the first several episodes we did, probably all of them, to be honest, uh, every, every line I would deliver, uh, Matt Greenfield, who was directing it, he would say, no, pull it back, no, less, less, pull it back. Not <laughs> every that. line, Not you know. That. Yeah. You know, I wanted her to be like all, but she wasn't that. So <laughs> I wanted to do that, but she wasn't that. <laughs> and the, but the thing was, he was right, because the more she was quiet and the more she was really almost flat, almost just monotone, that made her so much creepier for her to be so cool and calm and quiet. And uh, but th- but it was uh, very difficult for me to to get into that character. I I don't know that I've ever played a character like that. She's probably really the only one. I I would I would have to say having been there and and actually listened to that dub that mm-hmm. that's about the creepiest I've ever heard your voice be. Oh, thank it, you. Uh, it took me, <laughs> it took me like three episodes of watching that to realize you were voicing Altena for that because. Thank you. I was like, wait, is that Tiffany Grant? That's weird. Like, yeah. it's your normal range of stuff. And I thought, but then Noir, like, everybody had to do different stuff. Yeah. Because, like, Monica was doing mm-hmm. Kira and and uh, yeah. Shelly Black was probably the closest to her normal range. But she was still, everybody yeah. was subdued and muted somewhat in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was an it was a really neat show to work on. I was really glad I got the chance to work on that because I think it's I think it's a fantastic show. I really do think that the show is very well done. And so I was excited to be able to work on that. It was it was a good show. Cool. Uh, I got another really weird question. Go ahead. Uh, What have you? It's a two part question. Have you ever had to voice a a character with a Kanzai accent? And what do you think of the uh, localization tradition of? of uh, translating a Kansai accent as a uh, Ah. Southern accent. Well, and that's not always, it's not always done that way. Um, The answer is yes to the first question. And the, uh, the character was actually uh, Yu Inagawa. And that was in a show called comic party revolution that I also uh, was a script writer for. If for those people who don't know, I've done script adaptations for, 200 and something episodes of anime so i've done quite a lot of work on script adaptations which really informs my opinion um about that issue and it's not always depicted as a southern accent i mean obviously it was with like the character osaka in azamangadayo when we did it in uh comic party revolution uh she was more talking like this so it was more like a new york kind of thing but it's a there's a certain kind of a blue collar um, feeling that's associated with that. And the reason that there really, it is necessary to convey it somehow uh, when we're localizing in English, that that character, the character, whoever's voicing that character, they have to have a different accent because 
uh, to be honest, to me, when I'm listening to it in Japanese, I can't tell that much of a difference, but that's because I don't speak Japanese. To a fluent Japanese speaker, that Kansai dialect shines out like a beacon, and they all hear it, and all of the other characters react to it. So when you're localizing something into a different language, in our case, English, you want to, as much as possible, replicate the original intentions of the creators of that show. And if one character has a markedly different way of speaking, you've got to do your best to replicate what that would be in English. And otherwise, if, if all of us just sort of have that standard American dialect that most actors have, then you're missing a huge chunk of the show. And when you know that all of the other characters are supposed to specifically react to this character's way of speaking, and that further they attach certain significance to it, it has a certain stereotype associated with it, um, you know, you have to do your best to convey that in another language. I mean, it's obviously not exactly the same as a Southern accent or a Texas accent or a Brooklyn accent, but, you know, I, I can't do a Kansai dialect in English, and if I and if I could do one, most English speakers wouldn't get what the hell I was doing. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's it's about the intent. You're conveying the same intent. So um, I think it is very very important when shows from uh, Japan are localized in English that they they address that and that they do it in a way that's appropriate for that show. Yeah. So hopefully that answers your question. That would, it that answers would be, it perfectly. Thank that you. That would be Thank the you. equivalent of that would be the equivalent of like uh, you know someone localizing a movie like Oh Brother Where Art Thou or something. Exactly. And not I mean, and not co- not co- uh, not covering the fact or not accurately translating the fact that half these are good old Southern boys. Exactly. And and I'm sure I would hope that when that's you know when that show is localized in French or German or Italian or Japanese or whatever that they convey that feeling somehow by the manner of speech with those characters in whatever the other language is. And, you know, it's, it, it comes up in other things, too, like maybe a character has a very, very formal way of speaking, um, you know, in the Japanese that we don't really have those same terms and same honorifics or something, but you can still do it through the way a, a person speaks. So it's right. it's across the board important, whether it's a Kansai dialect or if it's, a, you know, a character that tells terrible puns all the time or something. Right. And it's it's so, just, it's really hard because, uh, you know, one thing I remember reading is the Japanese have at least uh, four or five different ways you can say, you know, the pronoun I. Right. And um, we, we really don't. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> And also, in Japanese, it's it's extremely rude to use the pronoun for you, Anta. So what I think a lot of people in English don't get is like when, when Asuka says Anta Baka, um, English speakers cue in on that Baka, and they think, oh, you know, she's calling him an idiot. That's terrible. It's just as bad that she says Anta. She doesn't say Shinji Baka or Baka Shinji. She says Anta Baka. So it's extremely insulting, and it's not just about the idiot. It's about the you, the you idiot. Yeah. And then so, she forces that on him 
and and on a lot of people and a lot of characters because <laughs> she's really mean and no um now possibly my favorite character ever so and yours too i believe oh what so. she's definitely up there i have i have a really hard time just picking one although yeah, yeah oscar is certainly special and i don't mean like short best special <laughs> <laughs> okay uh what was the one role that you were really interested in but you couldn't get? You stole my question, Ben. I hate you. Um, well, <laughs> I guess the the most obvious answer to that would be um, Yoko and Gurren Lagann. We recorded the first five episodes of that, and it was done. And then there was a giant um, industry tsunami that occurred <laughs> without going into a lot of details. But, uh, yeah, that got taken away. So that was very disappointing. I would have loved. I had a lot of fun playing that character, (laughs) and uh, I I had a great time listening to all of the other actors too. Um, Josh Greeley, who played uh, Simon, and uh, Brett Weaver, who was Kamina, and it was just a role that he was born to play, and that was. (sighs) Well, it was it was fun while it lasted, but it was it was very depressing when that went away. So that would have to be my number one answer, like a role that I actually did play, but. got snatched away from me. The feet snatched from the hands of victory, as they say. Yes. It, uh, <laughs> that actually reminds me of the story of Tim Curry. Oh, yes? Uh, what about him? And I uh, it's, him. Uh, the, For Batman the Animated Series, Tim Curry was the original Joker. And, oh, really? And what happened was Mark Hamill was doing just a side voice. And, but uh, he's so brilliant as the Joker. You and, have to... and what happened was, you know, Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini were talking to him after he finished doing his voice acting. And Mark Hamill's really excited and like, I want to do more voices. Can I do something else? Can I do something else? They're like, okay, what do you think you can do? He says, I want to do the Joker. Can you do the Joker? And they're like, well, we already have Tim Curry. So, and then Mark Hamill says, here, let me show you. I can do the, I can do the laugh. And he did the laugh. And then they're like, okay, someone has to call Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's got to but... be the jerk to fire Tim Curry? <laughs> I don't even I mean, do that. I, I I do I do absolutely love and adore Tim Curry, but um, yeah, my my husband um, has a huge man crush on Mark Hamill as the Joker, so he thinks he's the best Joker in any incarnation of Batman isms anywhere. So I'll agree with that statement. I'll I'll have to defer to his much enlightened judgment. <laughs> so, Robbie you had a question. Well, you stole mine. Uh, no, I um, <laughs> and no backsies. Yeah, I know. He he just took it away. Um, wow. Well, I have That's... another answer to it. If you want me to answer my other, <laughs> your other. Um, I guess the 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 other one was: Is there a role that you didn't get that you wish you'd gotten or would have liked to have had a chance to? Well, you know, there's really the answer to that would be hundreds because I yeah, obviously I... you know don't get most of what I auditioned for there. But this is I this was where I did really learn a lesson talking about watching shows and studying things. Um, several years ago, ADV released um, some OVAs and along with Slayers, some OVAs of Slayers and Slayers the Motion Picture. And uh, someone that I knew who was a big Slayers fan said, Tiffany, you have just got to play Naga. So, oh man, so I just, boy, I was studying this and I downloaded wave files of her laugh and, you know, this was what, like 1998 or something anyway. And so, um, I practiced that laugh and I found websites about 
slayers and red and i had i'd seen the first few episodes of the tv series but of course naga wasn't in that anyway so i was really i was studying for this and i practiced that laugh and oh i just wanted to do it oh this character was going to be so awesome and i didn't get it kelly manison got it and she was fantastic of course but but, you did get to you did get to play a Naga like character in I Slayer's did. Excellent. I did, and the thing is, the person who cast me in that did not. That's amazing that you know that, by the way. Uh, Neil comes the out of the box swinging. Yeah. The character's name was Serena, and she is um an, becomes an ardent fan of Nagas, and I got to do the Naga laugh. It's like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Ten years later, I get to do the Naga laugh. Can but we hear it? Wasn't quite. Oh, I don't. I don't think that would probably be a good idea. Okay. Phone. I don't think. Maybe I can drop that. it. Anyway. No, go buy the DVD. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. But the, but she didn't know. The director it was Sandra Crossa who cast me in that. And she had no idea about that. But the interesting thing was the one of the reasons, not just because Kelly was more suited for the part, which, like I say, I think she did a fantastic job with, is um, right soon after that, uh, there was another show that went into production, and um, Matt Greenfield, who directed both that um, Slayers the Motion Picture, and he also directed another show called Sorcerer Hunters, or he directed the first half of it anyway, and he felt that he had been thinking about casting me as Chocolate, and he thought that they were sort of similar-ish. And so he wanted to save me for, for chocolate. So if I ended up getting chocolate instead of, of Naga, that was fine. Because, hey, she had 26 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I did not know. That's mm-hmm. one of those pieces of trivia that you have to be there, there to know. I know. And I've got the, all of this stuff. It's stashed away in my brain. I, I had heard, and this is one of those I heard from another interview. But my friend and I, and I still have not gotten a chance to see... Uh, you cannot advance the second oh. Ava movie yet. Shame on you. I own it, but we're planning this big party around it, and oh, okay. everybody's been sick off and on, and so nobody got to to do it. Okay. I know that um, that my friend said that you were, and I can imagine this, were disappointed at Oscar's lack of German. Oh, in, uh, yes, so <laughs> much. In the um, second, it's yeah, it's really not. Um, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler to discuss this for people who haven't seen it, but um, yeah, I was, boy, I was raring to go with that German, and it's not even addressed. They say that she's come from Europe, basically, and do watch for this. When you see all of her moving boxes, you will see that they say on there, like, Deutsche Post or something, so the boxes are addressed in German, and that is the only mention anywhere that you will see in the movie any hint that she has been in germany or might be german or anything it is it's not mentioned i didn't get to say one single idiot i didn't i I got nothing nothing i didn't get any german at all i was so disappointed by that i have to yeah that's that's criminal i have to and i know they they uh and we were discussing this on our ava episode Mm -hmm. that we did Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, that they changed her last name to yeah, exactly. And I think so. I think that that was part of the whole of the the kind of the reboot, as it were, and the new the new Oscar. So Shihinami Oscar um, had there are several things. I don't want to give away everything, but there's mm-hmm. one of them would be German that she doesn't she doesn't speak German. 
Um, or at least yet. I mean, who knows? In the third right. movie, maybe she will. But um, at least in this second movie, she doesn't. And there are other changes to her character as well. And so maybe that's just part of signaling to everyone that this is a different Oscar, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, which I find a total loss. I, I have some sadness there because I was yeah. one of those those sub-purist people uh, who who despised. I mean, I watched them when they were there. But again, when you go back to ye olden days, to use your term, mm -hmm. when you have to buy tapes, you had to pick one or the other. That's right. Or you're you going to buy the a, thing twice. Unless you had a lot of money. And I know people that actually did buy them twice. But, uh, yeah. Ava's the only thing I've done that with. I did that back with the VHSs, and then I bought it a couple times on DVD. So I've, I've and, possibly single-handedly supported ADV in the whole. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> and, but, and allow me to illuminate for the young folk out there these videotapes of which now. we speak. They were about thirty dollars a piece, yeah. and you got two episodes. So if you bought the series subtitled, let's say thirty dollars a tape times thirteen, times 13. tapes. That's $390. And then let's say for some crazy reason you wanted to hear it in English, too. That's another $390. So that's $780 for the original broadcast television version of the show. That's not the remastered. That's not Dolby. There are no extras. There's no director's cut footage. That's it. $780. Bucks. I mean, it... it it was expensive, and now you can get, you know, a set with the whole thing, Platinum, Dolby 5.1, and all that for, like, $60, $70, $80, whatever. I mean, it's, it's cheap. God bless DVD. Yeah, yeah it definitely made a difference. Where, and that actually, between DVD and Ava was one of the first things I rebought on DVD. And I really, and I already appreciated the dub, because what basically happened was I'd bought the subtitles at my local comic book store, which also rented anime. Right. Um, like a video store had the dubs. Of Ava, so I checked those out too, um, and then I, I got acquainted with your version of Oscar, and I thought, oh my God, somebody who actually knows how to speak German. I didn't, you know, that's one of those pieces of information you don't get from from uh, from Tiffany until until that, and it's the sequence where Oscar's powering up her Ava in. Yes, her first that was awesome. And I was like, you know, as as much as I love Yuko Miyamura, the Japanese voice actress, to death in everything that she's in, her German is not. Very good, but that's understandable. Well, right. well, yeah, whenever, she was. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, whenever the Japanese voice and uh, uh, another dialect, especially if it's not a native speaker or someone who only has a, they they do it. You know, they they do it every every syllable very slowly. They do it very stilted. I, right. I mean, that was something that she was very concerned about was having to do the German, and that may have been one of the reasons that that Anno decided to change it. I don't really know. But, uh, yeah, she was extremely concerned about doing that, and she went and took a little crash course to try to help her with that. But it, it, just the languages are, are very, so very dissimilar. And for me, I was super excited because I, you know, I'm not fluent, fluent in German, but I'm conversational. I do all right. And uh, it's, it's funny. My mom uh, was very disappointed that I was going to take German in school because she said it would never come in handy. <laughs> Aha, mom, wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, I tell you what, it's just a funny little side note. I was at a convention, uh, SakuraCon, up in Seattle a few weeks ago, and I got to meet Daisuke Moriyama, who's the mangaka for Chrono Crusade. And in the the anime of Chrono Crusade, I played another feisty German redheaded character, Satella Harvenheit. 
And uh, when I, I met him and I told him that I speak German, he said he was so excited that, that in the English version that Satella was played by someone who could speak German. So I, I was very happy to be able to pass that news along to him. Cool. Again, Mom, see, it paid off. <laughs> that, that leads me to my next question. Uh, have you ever met any of the Japanese voice actresses that you did the dub role for? Yes, actually, I, um, I'm very good friends with uh, Yuko Miyamura, as a matter of fact, who's uh, the Japanese Asuka, the original Asuka. She and I are, are quite close friends. And uh, recently, at the same convention at SakuraCon, I got to meet, oh, I was so excited, I got to meet Katono Mitsuishi. Ooh. And uh, for those people who don't know, wait a minute, Hate I'll you. take a poll first. Does anyone here know the role in I that, that Mitsuishi-san and I did that we have in common? Anybody? Oh, jeez. I should mm-hmm. know this. I it's feel... early. It's an old one. It's uh... the first, the very first TV show that I ever did. Oh, it I was... should know that. Oh, no. uh, you should. You should. You have just failed. Uh, I it was I failed. Blue I heard it about a week ago. The show was Blue Seed, Blue and Seed. the character was Komei Sauguchi. I was just about and... to bring up Blue Seed. I didn't know she did Komei. Yes, she did, and it's a role that is very very different for Mitsuishi-san. Which explains why I didn't know it was her. Yeah, it's so, so not um, Usagi. (laughs) All right, it's it's not Usagi, nor is it uh, Misato. No, it's not Misato either, but I mean, it's just a really different role. And so I've I've wanted to meet her for many, many, many years. And uh, anyway, I, I, I didn't get to talk to her probably as long as I would have liked. I maybe got to chat with her for a total of a, a half an hour or so, but it was, it was really wonderful to get to meet her. And she was just a really a dear, sweet, kind person. So I've met many, many, uh, uh, Japanese, uh, people in the industry, directors, writers, and, um, other actors and so on. But really, uh, uh as far as people where I've, I've shared a role with that person, uh, just uh, Mitsuishi-san and Miyamura-san are, are the only two. Uh, not, I mean, not I'm saying only. I mean, they're legends. Yeah. But, <laughs> it, but those, those are the two. Now, also, this has been several years ago now, but I did meet uh, Maya Sakamoto, who, by the way, is in the second Evangelion movie. She not, she's not doing New Girl, is she? Yes, she is. <laughs> by the way, by the way, that's a bad habit of ours. We call the new character "new girl." Well, <laughs> she's new compared to Shinji. You mean Mega Neko-chan? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't they only put her in the mo- in the in the movie because they needed a character with glasses? Merchandising? Oh, no. yeah, but... I don't know. <laughs> it's Gynax the... is all about merchandising. Oh, we need a character with glasses. Well, that's uh, for, for a second there, you know, I, I honestly thought that the character was gonna was based off of uh, the character from the Iron Girlfriend game series, but no, which I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that too. What's that Mari, um, it, I can't even remember the name of the. Yeah, um, close. I can't. I think you're about as close as I was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Mari, or like Mari Mara, something like that. From yeah, Girlfriend of Steel. Anyway, I haven't played that because, of course, it's not in English. You know, I, had, I had friends who did, and and it's funny because since we're on the we're on the Ava bent and and everything, and and we're back there, and talking about ninety seven or so when you went mm-hmm. to that con, I guess that was about the time I was hanging out on uh, Dalnet and later or EFNet with uh, in the Ava channel with a bunch of people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, <laughs> that was because I was going through my massive Ava fan phase, like everyone else who watched yeah. Ava at the time. Uh huh. Um, and my friend Chrissy uh, did some work in Ava R. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> yeah, and so did you as her understudy. Yeah. <laughs> and and sort of and I was sort of behind the scenes work, helping some of the Ava R guys out and doing uh, script checks and oh. and spell checking and things back then and just hanging out with them. So uh, and I think we may have even thrown emails back and forth once or twice about 15 or 18 years ago but oh wow that's crazy and i had and i had mentioned that connection i had mentioned that to the to neil and ben both back and i was like uh and they're like well email tiffany grant and i was like she doesn't remember me Ah." and ben's like well i'll do it then and i'm like yeah Yeah. like you're gonna get tiffany to wait never mind (laughs) (laughs) here you are um well yeah i've had that that the email address i've had that for about for something, 14 or 15 years, I've had that email address for a long time. It's very public. Anybody can contact me. And so I just keep it because it's been out there for so long. So I have it there for people to find me. It's super, super easy. Like the time I, uh, I think I, I was, oh, I threw, I, I shot a random email at, uh, at Monica Rial. Mm-hmm. When one of my other friends found out her email address from something else and she had been mm-hmm. sick. And so I just sent her a, uh, a note, basically saying, "Get well soon. Don't you know? Don't screw up the voice." Mm-hmm. Um, and got a response back, and and we had thrown some back and forth, back you know, Aww. back at the same time. So uh, it's funny because going from a sub purist to a uh, dub fan, and it's mm-hmm. all AD's fault and, and uh, your fault and uh, Monica's <laughs> fault, and yeah. So, no, it's it's a good thing. It's a good Blame thing. Blame the messenger. It's a very good thing because <laughs> like, uh, localization is very important with getting new fans into anime. Yeah. Because if you if yeah. you say, oh, you have to do this. Oh, by the way, senpai means this. Sensei means this. Yeah. Yeah. Means this, pen means this, and you have to give them you have to give them a refresher on the honorifics and all that. Yeah. And my, my first in my first introduction to anime that when I found out what anime was because it's like oh I saw Robotech but didn't know what it was when I was growing up so right you, know, you don't know really know where it comes from and mm-hmm. the first time I knew was was when Sailor Moon was localized here yeah my girlfriend at the time was really into it and got me into it and then mm-hmm. it's still it's still my number one Ava and Sailor Moon are tied for my favorite anime ever <laughs> and they both have Kotono Mitsuishi in common there you go. See, it's very important. Yeah, for well, me, I... it's uh, for me, it's different. Uh, when I was a child, my 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 sister, my older story. sister, forced me to watch Sailor Moon with her, and I w- stayed away from anime until I watched Kara Kano in two thousand. Uh, okay. Well, I uh, you know when I was really little, I watched Speed Racer, not when it was on originally. Okay, but it was in reruns. Think... Yeah. I wasn't quite quite old enough to watch it originally, but I did watch it in reruns, and I also watched Robotech. And I don't know that I really knew that it was Japanese, but I liked it, and I watched it. And so, you know, I have to say, for me, my full circle story was the first time I went into a studio and worked for Carl Masick. And I was really kind of starstruck, honestly. It was just weird to me that thinking of, you know, I remember watching Robotech in my living room and here I am, oh, 17 years later, 18 years later, whatever, and I'm, and I'm working with him. I mean, that was, 
mind boggling to me. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, so nice to meet you, Mr. Masek, you know. And it wasn't like I was a brand new voice actor who had never done this before. I mean, I had already been in the industry for like eight or nine years. So I was hardly a newbie, but I was just like, oh. And then I remember at some point a few couple months later or whatever, I was talking to um, – to, to Matt Greenfield and I said something about Carl and he goes, oh, it's Carl now, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Owned. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, totally, totally. But no, actually, all of us, may he rest in peace. We, um, um, most of us called him Uncle Carl. <laughs> <laughs> we called him Uncle Carl. He was, he was a really neat guy and that was, I'm, I'm really thrilled that I got the chance to yeah. to work with him. And he had his own little quirks and his interesting ideas about things. But, I mean, it's awesome that I got to yeah. to meet him because he was su- he's such a really important part of the whole American industry. So, you know, even if people don't have a good opinion about this or that or whatever, right. I mean, we still got stuff like Totoro, which was amazing. I haven't even ever seen the... Yeah. new version of it there wouldn't care. be an american industry i don't think if not if not for carl no, yeah because no, he really okay. pushed it i mean he really pushed that through he really fought to i mean yeah he had to string a couple of shows together that didn't right. actually related but he fought to get that together and and get that on the air and it was it was a very pivotal event in the course of the american anime industry and um and brought a lot, lot, lot of people into the fandom. And then Streamline doing dubs before mm-hmm. before anybody really oh, yeah. did dubs. And Streamline's work on, I mean, you know, everybody knows them for Vampire Hunter D, but, and, and, and besides, you know, all the other, but it's like, and then Totoro and mm-hmm. all the other stuff that they brought in. And it's just like, what would we, you know, how, how different, if there is an industry even, how different would it be if not for... Yeah, that because it would have a totally different look somehow. I don't know. Yeah, and the one thing one thing Neil and I remarked about is the anti-Masic sentiment is almost gone now, except for a couple of real diehard fanatics. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost gone. I think most people by now realize how much this man really helped the industry. A- anime wouldn't be near as popular as it is today mm-hmm. in this form if it wasn't for the man. Oh, and, absolutely. And you know... Um, Several years ago, well, I guess it was about 2005, um, Matt had the opportunity, Matt Greenfield had the opportunity to um, to dub a, a faithful translation of Macross. And he said what really struck him was that Carl hadn't really changed very much in Robotech from the Macross um portion of the story they yeah it you know he really hadn't altered the storyline as much as somehow you know because he had had that he'd seen macross before he saw macross before robotech even came out right but you know you have that hammered into your head for so many years about oh he ruined it he changed it he did all this and it's like no you know when i watched i realized he hadn't changed it at all that much i mean yeah hikaru is rick and whatever but close but still you know, it, it was still the, the same basic story. So I, I thought and, that that was interesting as much as he was um, 
often reviled for that. Right. As much as people kind of blasted, oh, it changed their name to Rick, and like Rick and Hikaru have like extremely similar lip flap mm-hmm. and syllable and celebrity for how it's done, and and that mm-hmm. was the first kind of how do we change some like, you know, characters' names aren't changed so much in localization anymore, mm-hmm. but at the time when that was done, it was like at least he was reasonably close. It wasn't right. like, like he just made names up. Right, like <laughs> like know? Misa Hayase and Lisa Hayes. Right. That's pretty damn close. And that doesn't really bug me that much. I mean, it's supposed to be like a, an international ship with all, all these different right. cultures and all that. So, you know, it, it doesn't bug me that much that they, they, that they localize it to that point because it was, the, it was the first anime that was really super localized and, you know, had that had good production value. Right, where they didn't have to just change everything. I mean, back when Peter Fernandez was doing, um, was localizing shows like in the 60s, they had to change everything. I mean, for one thing, when he was doing Speed Racer, he didn't even actually have a script. It wasn't like he got the script and then he had it translated. He got sort of a synopsis or something, and then he just had to make up a script for it. So, (laughs) you know, he had to come up with names for all of the characters and figure out the basic storyline and they had to you know change things edit things and uh that was that was where he was and that was the job that he was given which was fine at the time but one of the funniest things to me is you know speed racer was basically like you said they pretty much pretty much just made on the fly Mm -hmm. uh, dub of 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 an anime and it's it was so ingrained in american American uh, culture and the mindset that they made this really cheesy live action movie of it. Oh, it was horrible. I liked it. Darn it. It was so horrible. And you know what? The only reason I had any interest in seeing it was because Peter, and may he rest in peace, had a lovely cameo right at the beginning of the movie. And that just made me so happy. And I know it, it really meant a lot to him to be included in it. And it was Peter was in that movie? The, it was the one good thing that the um, Wachowski, I can't say their name, brothers right. yeah. did to did in the movie as far as I was concerned. <laughs> it's uh, what about what about John Goodman spin, spinning a ninja over his head? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> More like a ninja is what I heard. But no. uh, I, oh. you know what? It's a movie about guys racing cars. How hard is that to make into a live action film? Just guys. Racing cars. I mean, what was all that crap they put in there? It was well, what do you want? What do you want? Days of Thunder. I don't yeah. know. I mean, they didn't have to have neon roller coasters. There was some LSD tripping going on in that movie. <laughs> Let me tell you, what was that? Because <laughs> we we watched it on my friend's Blu-ray, and it, it was right after he moved in uh, with his wife, and they'd gotten their their own apartment and everything, and yeah, and a Blu-ray player that he didn't have. And we're watching Speed Racer, right? Because I'm like, uh-huh. oh, this movie's pretty good, and I think it'll really pop the, you know, the colors, and it'll look really good because it does. Yeah. And, and it regard, and he's like, and we both really like the movie a lot, but we totally understand. But we're like watching it, going, oh my, my head kind of hurts. There's a lot of bleeding color in here, isn't there? <laughs> like, wow, that's bright. <laughs> and 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 by the way, the the actor who plays the the main. Uh, bad guy in that royalton he has a bit part in pirates of the caribbean which i want to plug because i went to see it today there, there, and it's awesome. there she goes again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they'll I enjoyed it let me just they're massive it. pirates fans my my friend and his wife so they'll be happy to hear that too i <laughs> enjoyed it and let me tell you how much i missed orlando bloom and kira knightley um not even for a second Ow. i mean they're fine and all they're fine they were fine in the other movies their story is done their story was told 
they're all done. They're over. We're finished with them. They were all good. They're nice. They're fine. But now we're moving on. And that's what I think is brilliant about doing a fourth one is they decide, okay, we're not going to talk about the, those characters. It's all going to be about Jack Sparrow now. It's all about Jack, which is how it should be. Yeah. I see. Awesome. And it had some cool cameos in it. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but cool cameos. Um, hmm. Do I have any? Uh, I, got, I got one. Uh, you do? Did Go you ahead. ever have to do a role where you had to sing? Yes, I've had to do a few of those, which is really bad because I'm really not, I don't have any singing training at all. I'm not really a strong singer, and I've I've had to do it in a couple of them. I had to do a little bit of singing in in Sister Princess. Mm. Um, uh, was there, it seems like there, there were a couple of, I can't even remember exactly, but there were a couple of other things where I did have to do some singing. Thankfully, not much. I ten, I, I, if, the, if it's something that's going to require a lot of singing, I usually do not cast, get cast in that part. Like, I did not work on Narima Daikon Brothers, for example. Um, although I did, as a matter of fact, have a little song that I sang as Peckle the Duck in an episode of Hello Kitty's Animation Theater. Okay, well, but that, that was silly because it was a character voice thing, so I can do that. Okay, that's that's good. It's just you know, it's uh, one one thing Neil brought up last last show was uh, when they yeah. when they did Slayers, they actually did in Japanese. And that used to be um, very very common. Well, idols, yeah, because what would happen is um, there there are there are different tracks. There's um, there's a an audio track that has only the dialogue on it and then there's another track that will have music and effects on there and what would happen is that most often the song was on the music and effects track so it was completely impossible to separate that out because the singing and the music were together mm-hmm. so the singing was not on the dialogue track we can really only replace what's on that dialogue track and I remember that because when I first, you know, started in the industry 17 so years ago, I'd be watching something like Cutie Honey, and then all of a sudden she starts singing, and, and she's singing in Japanese. I'm like, what the hell is that? But, I, you know, I did not understand this, that the, the song was on the same track. as it. Now, they don't do that really as much anymore. A lot of times the singing will be on the dialogue track, meaning that we can replace it. But if it's on the music and effects track, there's no way we can replace it. Cool. And uh, that actually brings me to a question I'm just going to ask just now because it just came in my head. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite version of Cutie Honey? Oh, I've only ever seen the, the one that we worked on. So oh, okay. that's the only one I know about. Is um was called New Cutie Honey, and yeah. it was an eight episode OVA series. Yes, it was. It yes. was quite brilliant, and uh, I remember reading that the that the creator of Cutie Honey actually got to pick the American dub actress for. Cutie right. Honey. Yeah. Go Nagai. Um, they sent him, you know, the auditions of. I don't. I mean, I auditioned for it. I don't know how many people did, but. Sent him the auditions, and he selected Jessica Calvello, and so she recorded the uh, the role. And that doesn't come up too often. Uh, when we did Hello Kitty's Animation Theater, uh, Shintaro Suji, who's the founder of Sanrio, the company that um, you know licenses Hello Kitty, he 
wanted to pick uh, the the voice of Hello Kitty. It's been done in English before, but he presumably he's picked it before. I don't know. But he wanted to to pick the the voice of Hello Kitty, and that was Monica Rial in the dub that we did. So yeah, it happens once in a while, but it's it's fairly rare. Yeah, well, one thing I do have to recommend is I do like the the new, newest Cutie Honey series, uh, Re Cutie Honey. It was actually done by Gainix. Mm hmm. So it's actually pretty cool. Oh, okay. I know that um, that Hideaki Anno directed uh, a live action yeah that one's kind of weird yeah i haven't i haven't seen it but i know that was a project that he did a few years back before he started on these rebuild movies he needs yeah. to get cracking on that third one well, that, yeah well and, yeah um i know i know uh neil is a huge jessica calvello fan so oh yeah Sam. if you uh rightly if you ever, so if you should ever speak to her, put in a good word for Neil. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to, but I don't know if I, if I will. I mean, I haven't seen her in a really, really, really long time. She's lived in New York for, oh, gosh, at least ten years now, more than ten years, twelve years. I don't know, something like that. She's lived there a long time. Yeah, I was really upset when she destroyed her voice on Excel Saga. She, she, she didn't. Uh, she was she was afraid that she would, so she decided to uh, oh, step okay. out of the role because she thought that she would. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. that clears that up. Um, yes. and I think she was doubling. She was doing Excel and doubling Mitsubishi Kotono, I think. Yeah, uh huh, that's right. And for the first thirteen episodes, and the second thirteen episodes on Excel Saga were done by Larissa Walcott. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> so it was kind of half and half. Who's your favorite voice actor or actress to be paired with in a production? You know, just to have as a partner to sort of, you know, someone. Well, you... I don't ever get paired with anybody because we record alone. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was like, you guys don't really do ensembles. hard. Yeah, that would be really hard to say if we actually worked with each other. Um, I mean, there have been a few odd, you know, different times here and there that I have had an occasion to work with another person, but it's so rare. That I don't really think of actually working, you know, with someone. The people I think of working with are um, the director and sound engineer. So oh, okay. those are really the only people that I see. Gosh, there's been so many actors in various projects that I've worked on that I've never, never met at all. So, oh. so yeah, some of them I... I haven't even met once and and then you know there's some of them that i've met maybe just in passing or something like that and funny thing is most of the people that i've gotten to know pretty well have been because we've done a lot of conventions together <laughs> yeah it's like oh hey them oh. yeah just hanging out either that or you know maybe it's somebody i know from from theater or something like that but um i know a lot of the adv alums uh got involved in the same in local theater productions together and sure had yeah. run in and out of each other as far as running into each other in and out of different roles in different yeah places. well that's the same anywhere you know like the actors in any given geographic area right. whether it's houston dallas new york whatever yeah that that a lot of us know each other from working on different projects if we took classes together or we're in a play together or a, maybe a film project or something like that or in an improv troupe or just what have you, you know, uh, Chris Ayers has worked as a director 
in the Houston area for a long time. So, and you know, and he went to, he went to um, University of Houston, which is a very renowned acting school. Mm. Um, And so he knows like a lot of the people that he went to school with there and then the people that he's directed. So yeah, we just all know each other in all kinds of different ways. But most least from doing anime. Yeah, I was going to say most least from that. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense what I said most least. But the least of which that we know each other. I mean, the example that I w- always point out is that um, when we were working on Evangelion, we would do, you know, like two episodes at a time, basically. And that'd be maybe every other month or so we would work on it in between, you know, working on other stuff. Because after we would record, then they'd have to go in and post-production and mix, et cetera, et cetera. But it was about halfway through this. I started working in Evangelion in, let's say, around January of 1997. It probably was more like August or something later that year that I ever met Spike Spencer for the first time. Oh, wow. You know, we recorded at least half the show before I right. ever even knew what he looked like. I'd never met him before. So, you know, think about the first few episodes of Ava that Oscar's in yeah that, that was all Matt's directing because we had never met each other so Spike was fairly new to at least to ADV work I think yeah at the time he that's, did Ava. that's true that was one of his first things there I want to say he started I'll see of course they started on Ava way before I did right so they they started maybe more like around uh, oh I don't know about maybe August or September of 96, they started on, on Evangelion. And I guess he had started with ADV earlier that year. So he came in about two years after I did, but before that he had already had a lot of experience, you know, stage on camera voiceovers. He had already done a lot of other stuff. It wasn't like he had no acting experience. He had a lot of other acting experience when he came into it. And he had been working on, I think, an independent film or something with uh, with Amanda Wynn. And she told him about some audition, and that was how he found out about it. And that's pretty much the way that it works is uh, usually, you know, actors refer other actors, and that's how people end so, up. Like, there's this thing I'm doing or this thing they're they're casting for that I think you'd be good at or yeah, it sounds I mean, like what they're looking for. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's how stuff kind of comes up. And it's usually uh, something that's happening immediately. I mean, we never know about stuff in, in advance. That's just, I mean, for anything in show business, that's just not how it works. For anything that you're auditioning for, most of the time it's happening like tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. It's, that's, that's just how it all works. So... That's why I tell people if you want to be an actor, you just have to start acting. You get into it and you do mm. it, and then you find out about stuff that's going on. Um, that that's just kind of how it works. People work with people they already know. This is your. This is the obligatory. Like um, your first role with ADV was <laughs> the character know... called Reina. And it was a show that is now available on DVD from Happy Carrot. It is called Guy Double Target. And it is 
Hentai. Yeah, I was going to say that was. I didn't want to go there, but I knew what it was going to be. It, I already knew the answer to that, but I thought. It is, yeah. Um, I, honestly, my character isn't in any of the hardcore scenes. And as of now, I've never seen the unedited version of Guy. There were two versions of it that were released. There was an edited version and an unedited version of it. And they never even gave me a copy of the unedited version. I think that they were too embarrassed Mm. for me to see it. (laughs) I was going to say, I know that you're, and then one of the, that was, I was going to say, that was some of the early stuff that you guys did. And I know one of ADV's early releases was Devil Hunter Yoko. Yes, their, their first. Uh, this is what trips people up is their their very first release was Devil Hunter Yoko, right? And subtitled, we didn't dub it right for about a year and a half, two years. So that was their first subtitle release, and then they had released maybe I want to say four or five um, videos by the time we dubbed Guy. So they just, they had realized that if they really wanted to expand their, their market share, if they really wanted to reach a wider audience, they were going to have to start dubbing these shows in English. And I mean that it worked. (laughs) It did. Did that did start, you know, increasing their, their sales quite a bit at the time. Um, uh, the, the sort of the end of the VHS era, say around like 2000 or so, they were selling about, it was about 10 to 1, about 10 uh, dub tapes for every one subtitled. So they, the the numbers were yeah, they go har- up. hard to refute. <laughs> yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. It's they, localization. They localization is definitely the way to go. And, uh, it's what sells now. You know, if people want right. to watch it subtitled, hey, uh, if you got the DVDs, it's on there. Pick. So it's you don't like, have to pick. You don't have to stand on one side of the line and and go, you know, this sucks or that sucks or you know. And, and it's and it's it's that whole thing. And Neil's always been a big a big proponent of. Uh, he always hates like sub snobs. And mm-hmm. I and I fully admit <laughs> I was a sub snob, and and that started to change. But it's probably because and and as a lot of us who were or are. Uh, or were in my case sub snobs will tell you that localizations were pretty bad early on. Some of them were, but, and you know, yeah. it. There's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, one being, I mean, like the example I gave about Peter Fernandez working on Speed Racer. Um, I, you know what? Those shows are still fun. I can listen to them. And they're campy and they're entertaining. Um, they don't bear much resemblance to the originals because he didn't even have a script. So. There are a lot of reasons for it, and it may be just that people weren't that concerned about maybe trying to keep it faithful, or they didn't, or they wanted to purposely change it because they thought, oh, if people know this is Japanese, they won't like it. So, you know, like when they were first working on Pokemon, how they, they, changed a lot of stuff that they ended up later on not changing because they realized hey wait a minute people think it's cool because it is japanese hold on <laughs> when did this uh, happen yeah so the, a lot of attitudes and have changed uh regarding that and it's actually one of the reasons that that adv and i believe were was the first um anime distributor 
to have their own in-house studio. And that was a decision that they made. It's like, well, yeah, we know there are some other companies that, that dub shows, but we want to have more control over it ourselves. And we, you know, we want these to be, um, you know, closer to the originals and we don't want the, them straying wildly and we want, you know, good acting performances. And, and then, you know, a few years after that, Funimation started doing their own in-house dubs because they had been uh, hiring out when they were originally doing Dragon Ball. Those were dubbed up in Vancouver. I was going to say, yeah, it's all, it was all Canadian work. And, like, when you were saying they wanted more control, back at that point, uh, Viz was doing stuff with, like, Ocean Group. Right. And, I mean, Canada. Ocean, you know, that's great. fine. I'm not knocking Ocean no. at all. But but a lot of these studios that, that different companies use, like Bang Zoom or whatever, Bang Zoom is not an anime distributor. They're a recording right. studio. So it's a very different thing from ADV or Funimation having in-house production facilities where they have much more control over what's going on with their shows. It was kind of a, a new idea that Matt and John came up with when they um, decided to start dubbing the shows into English. And as luck would have it, that was Matt's entire background was uh, working in theater, working in film, writing, producing. And so he just channeled those talents into anime, which was something he'd already been a huge fan of uh, at that point for over 10 years. So... I okay. Guess worked out all right. And, and this is what what would end up being called uh, industrial smoke and mirrors, right? <laughs> um, I yeah, I guess so. The um, I think that's their recording uh, thing. Yeah, it's not that anymore, but yeah. I, I get confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they they had their own in-house studios, and um, it I, I I liked it. I always liked it. You know, I would get uh, I've had snotty comments cast in my direction before from various L.A. actors whom shall remain nameless, but because they feel like, oh, well, I've worked for all of these different studios. And in their mind, studio, they think of like the place that they go to to record that. But, you know, I I guess I don't think of it in that way because they don't actually, they're not working directly for the distributor. They're, they're kind of removed from the process and I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on them, but they, they think, you know, less of us here in yeah, Texas. Yeah, that's somehow negative. Yeah. That it's, you know, that I've only worked for, you know, studios in Houston and in Dallas, but I mean, now it's, more i've worked for more than one company i've worked for several different companies but i have a fun story about uh, funimation mm-hmm. i knew it was coming Uh-oh. I, I live one mile away from funimation oh i'm sorry the mall over there is great though the grapevine mills mall Did you go to the grapevine mills mall it's uh, nice. i'm right down there from where i work it's uh they but... have a san rio store in there yeah, it's a, it's just it's just very funny to me because when I because I went to Funimation once to apply for a job as a graphic designer. Oh, okay. I went to their building and it's it's like the second floor of a Frost Bank building. Oh, 
Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, you're talking about their old office. Okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking you were talking about where they are now. Oh. oh, yeah. No, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't been in that building for a few years. But, okay. uh, yeah, they used to be in that, in the bank building. Yeah, it just... It just they did. It, it was very unassuming. I know. You would never know from looking yeah, at the outside hiding of that in there. building. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, I saw that. I just saw Funimation is listed on the directory. I was applying for jobs as a graphic designer. I'm like, hmm, I can work for Funimation. So I, yeah. went, I went up there. I said, here's my here's my resume and digital portfolio. And you know, it's uh, other than other than the very impressive uh, marble plaque with their name on it. Mm-hmm. You, you really wouldn't know that they were there. <laughs> yeah, they they moved. Um, I'm trying to think how long it's been. Two, two or three years ago, they moved into a different facility yeah so they're they're not in uh what north richland hills that's where they used to be they're not yeah they're not there ben thought he was going to run into sean shummel or something like that no i didn't i was actually no this is what i was running around looking looking for people who needed a graphic designer and i was just uh, i just happened to see the name there while i was driving by like hmm i could work for Funimation. fair well, enough I, know. I, I would be like yeah let's do that let's try to work there um, well, right now I'm I'm just working at GameStop in the corporate headquarters as a graphic designer. So, okay, well that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, I know I've got one here somewhere. Um, can I ask while you're thinking? Go ahead. Go ahead, man. What was <laughs> the weirdest convention moment for you, other than signing the first autograph ever? Oh, God, I ha uh, um. Uh, that that is really difficult to say because I've done some weird I've something like a hundred. I've done about I don't know like 170 conventions. Um, I'll just tell you the first one that popped into my mind. This is this is a long time ago actually. One of the things that I used to be very well known for was that I would show up at conventions and cosplay as Oscar in a place. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. We didn't have to bring it up. She did it for us. I I used well. It's been so long since I did that, but I but I used to do it all the time, and I mean it actually got to where people expected it even. (laughs) But it was something that I was that I was known for. I was the only at the time. I was the I think I was the first American voice actor to do it. I if if I'm wrong, someone can correct me and tell me who the first person was. But I first did it in uh, 1998 and did it at every convention I attended for about four years. And uh, I was at Otakon in, I guess, about 2000. And I happened to be watching the cosplay, and there was a massive skit that um, a big group of people had put together. And it was um, anime... Gosh, what was it? Anime guest deathmatch, something like that. <laughs> oh boy! And so the people were cosplaying as the convention guests. So there was a girl who was cosplaying <laughs> as, as you? me, as me. I think I've seen that picture in actually. The plug suit, and uh, so she was in the anime deathmatch. She did not win. And, uh, but, but it was awesome. I mean, I was just, I, I don't even think I'd been watching the whole cosplay. I think I just walked into the back of the room and I stood You're there like, and I was what? watching it. And, you know, and it was Tiffany Grant me? versus, and they announced, you know, in this battle, it was Tiffany Grant versus, I have no idea, but versus this other person. 
And I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. Somebody is cosplaying me. And that I hope was it wasn't Monica Real. Oh, Monica was no, Monica wasn't even doing conventions yet at that time. <laughs> I doubt it. It's way before that. Yeah. Um it was it, may, it might have even been 1999. I'm not sure. It was 1999 or 2000 when that happened. And it was at the the Baltimore Convention Center and I, and I met the girl afterwards. I think her name was Christy something. She was so much taller <laughs> than I am, but still it was awesome. And I, you know, I took my picture with her and it was, it was all good. But I that, think I've seen that picture. That was a pretty weird. It's got to be surreal. Weird. You're like, wait, that's me, yeah, but. Cosplaying is me. And since then, I, you know, I've seen that happen many times. There's a guy I, in Ohio, I think, who regularly cosplays as Chris Ayers. And there was also a group of guys at Oticon about that time who were cosplaying as Matt Greenfield and David Williams. <laughs> and that was really awesome. Uh, two of the uh, ADV old timers there. So I don't know. That was that was a pretty cool. That was pretty cool and weird convention moment for me that is strange that's when you know you've completely gone full circle like yeah i'm popular enough that people are now playing as me playing yeah. as someone else. In, a, in a like that people would understand that they would get it and they would know so it was it was fun that's really cool that actually is pretty cool <laughs> that's pretty yeah that's definitely out that's that's cool i do you know, my, my very first time that I wore the plug suit, I actually, this is the only time I've ever been in a cosplay contest, and it was horrible, but that's because it was Akon. Anyway, so I, I was in the, the cosplay contest, and the main reason I did it was because the people who made the costume for me were attending the convention, and I thought, you know, I owed it to them to enter in the contest. And... I'll never forget that there was an actual category that was best recreation of a character. So I, the voice of Asuka, was dressed in an Asuka plug suit. I mean, I did, I dyed my hair red. I did, you know, I, I reenacted verbatim a scene that I had actually done in the anime, and I did not win that award. Oh, I don't know Fixed. what I, you could do to win the award other than being the actual voice of the character and doing a scene from the show. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that they were like, we can't give it to her. If we do, they're going to kill us now, all. Here's the thing. And I have judged so many cosplays. And to anybody out there who's thinking about asking me to judge a cosplay at your convention, please, for the love of God, do not have me do that because I hate it so much. <laughs> we all do. None of the guests want to do it. We hate doing it. We don't do like it. doing it. And you know why? Because most of the guests don't know jack squat about the shows. You know, there's people doing characters for some obscure emo thing that came out <laughs> three weeks ago yes. in Japan and they're already cosplaying a sketch from it. It's like, I don't know what the hell that show is. And so the deal was that most likely the people who were judging the contest didn't even know what characters any of us were doing or scenes that we were doing or anything. And so I think that's, that's probably why I did not that, win that because the plug suit was actually very good. I was going to say it was. I've seen pictures of it. It was very yeah. good. It actually is quite good. I mean, considering, you know, it was 
primarily constructed by 14 year olds right and you and wow. you're you're very you're very oscar like in it so. well thank you I don't know if that's positive or negative, but it's true. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, I long ago accepted my inner Oscarness. I, <laughs> I had to stop denying that I was. So, I'm nothing like Oscar. What are you, stupid? No, <laughs> I, had to, I had to accept it. I accepted it. It's true. No it's pizza, all... no Chinese. No pizza, <laughs> no pizza, and no Chinese. Yes. 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 How do you actually feel about Chinese? No. Um. You know, I actually do like Chinese food. I mean, or at least like the pretend Chinese food that we get in America, the the pretend American Chinese food. I like. I I, <laughs> I can't eat pizza, but I but I do actually like Chinese food. So, I I was just I just had dinner at Panda Express last week. See, it's not real Chinese food, but I like it. <laughs> now I had heard that you had a uh, an Oscar collection. E- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, and that's oh my. God. Yes. You also have a Hello Kitty room, Scary. or possibly a house now. Yeah. Well, there's the Hello Kitty bathroom, and there's a lot of Hello Kitty stuff in there, like a lot. And there is a lot of Hello Kitty that sort of floats strewn through the house. So but it's primarily in the bathroom. So, so this bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Matt stare in its general direction in horror and refuse to go in there? Or? No, he does actually <laughs> use it. I mean, it's like the guest bathroom, but he but it's the closest bathroom to his office. So yes, he does use it. And um, the the original Hello Kitty bathroom. This is the second one, but in our previous house, um, that Hello Kitty bathroom was featured in the January two thousand four, um, uh, not episode, um, edition. Yes, edition of Anime Insider Magazine. So I was say, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah. Because I knew, because yeah. I knew there was a a rumored or actual. Yeah. yeah. There was a Hello Kitty bathroom. I mean, you want to talk about a weird moment. A photographer that you've never met shows up at your house to take pictures of you in your bathroom. Where's the bathroom? I Go. mean, that and... You know, since then, I've reconsidered, and I might have done it, but the very first thing that she suggested was that I was going to sit on my toilet. <laughs> I knew somebody would have said, like, that's horrible. Why would you guys like, do Is that? it not going to happen? But look, I have a Hello Kitty chair, and I will sit oh, on sit the Hello the Kitty chair, Away from but the I'm not sitting on my toilet. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, I was this story to someone recently, and they were like, oh, why the hell not? Oh, yeah, I would have totally done it. That would be awesome. And I'm no. thinking... Maybe I don't know. No, no, I have to agree with you there. Yeah. Like a level of lady. I'm not sitting on my freaking toilet. Your not with you here. No. There's a level of class that Tiffany has that. No, it's just creepy. She goes, well, you know, with the lid down, and I'm going, no, not even with the lid down. No, it will be photoshopped out in five minutes. Yeah, no, we're not. Oh, yeah. I never even thought about that. I just thought that it was kind of gross. But you're right. Oh, my God. The images that people would have photoshopped with that. There's that, too. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Seven Hmm. years, and I never thought of that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did I I bring your brain? No, that's all right. No, it makes me more certain of my decision. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I fear for my own life now. Uh, no. Um, gosh. Oh. Back to Neil's questions. While yeah, while Neil, I... say something. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> a lot of my questions got taken. Um, sorry, Neil. Hmm. Sorry. 
Yes, you should be. How dare you both? If if you guys are out of questions, that's quite all right because I just recorded the the new episode of Doctor Who, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I should go watch that right now. <laughs> well, well, I have uh, I have one question for you. Okay, you go ahead. What do you think? What do you think was the uh, one role that that you feel the most unsatisfied with? Ooh, that's a. Oh, ooh, that question. is a good question. Um. Hmm. Gosh, I I don't know. I mean, it's that's really hard for me to answer because I try I I try to not think about shows like that. And when what it ultimately comes down to is, uh, you know, performing the role as best you can, and the director tells you when you're done. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that take was good or that wasn't, or we're doing it again or we're doing, you know, uh, so you can't really hold on to it too much to think about, Oh, if only I'd done this or if only I'd done that. Right. Um, you kind of have to just do your best and let it go. Um, because it's not really up to the actors. I mean, especially in anime, it's it's really not. We we do our best, and hopefully we come up with a, an occasional bit of inspiration that that helps with the story. But um, n- no, I no no I I'm I'm satisfied with it. I I don't, I don't want to have any regrets about anything. Okay, awesome. Uh, one other tiny question. Well, I'm like waiting for Rob and Neil to collect themselves again. Yes. Did you did you I was ever a while ago? But go ahead. Okay. Did you ever did you ever ad lib anything that they loved and kept in? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, ad ad libbing in uh, recording for an anime is is very different than maybe if you ad libbed something in a play or or whatever because uh, because it's being recorded and you and they'll just take it out of it. Right, exactly. If it doesn't exactly. fit, it's like, well, okay, that was cute, but not, no. Not really ad-lib so much as usually we'll watch it. You know, okay, let's let's look at this scene. So we, we're watching the scene. I'm looking at it. I'm reading the script. I see what's happening. And sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, could what if I said this instead? And so, yeah, yeah that that happens a lot. Cool. That's that, what I meant. That, yeah. So it's it's not really an ad lib as much as, you know, something that's just interjected right there at that moment that, uh, I, I mean, and that that's possibly happened and I'm just not thinking of it. But, yeah, it's, it's a pretty common thing, um, not just with me, with many actors that will come up with something in the studio. will think of, oh, what if I said, you know, what if I say it like this instead? And I know, uh, for example, with Oscar, where I mm. kind of had the idea to do what I think of as the the Ricky Ricardo model for Oscar. That you know, whenever Lucy was up to one of her harebrained schemes, Ricky would start. He would get frustrated with her, and he would start yelling things in Spanish. So my idea was <laughs> that whenever Oscar got upset or angry or frustrated or whatever, she could start yelling things primarily at Shinji, in German. <laughs> and so that gave me a great opportunity that when I was 
because, you know, Matt was writing the script and he didn't speak German. And I would look and say, oh, what if I said this? And he would encourage oh. that, actually, you know. Cool. Well, yeah, because if, it's. If, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, because it's there's several points where she just blows up at him in, in German. Right. And you know. it was stuff that wasn't necessarily in Mia Murray's version of the role. And I wasn't changing anything as far as like the context or the intent of what she was saying. I was just doing it in a different language and we were already doing it in a different language. We were doing it in English. So <laughs> um, considering she's supposed to speak German, I just thought it worked really well in the role. And I remember when I was working on End of Evangelion with Amanda, there were places in the script she would write a little note, uh, Tiff swears in German, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was say, she was doing, oh, producing or directing for that, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. She produced and, and directed that. And uh, so there was, and, and I believe wrote the, she and Jason, I, I don't know Let's how see. much, who did what, but yeah, wrote the uh, English version of the script. And yeah, so she would just have notes in there that I would, okay, Tiffany, now we're, you know, we'll need uh, three syllables worth of swearing here or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, so I would get to come up with fun little things. Your ability to, to swear in German became extremely... Yes, I know. I had practice. the most awesome German teacher. My, well, I actually I had a total of three German teachers, but my first German teacher, Hannah-Laura Jackson, she was great, and she did teach us to swear. It was fantastic. <laughs> when we were when I was in high school... And I you loved it. Swearing. No. I loved it. Ich liebt es. So feel. Um, it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, even the big F-bomb, we learned how to conjugate that. Oh, Conj yeah. We conjugated it. That's what I'm saying. Let's conjugate the F-bomb, ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah, right. It's... I did. But uh, it's a family I... show, so I'm not going to wow. hear. Uh, well, actually, we uh, we totally blew the, uh, the language barrier out of the uh, water very early on in the run of our show. <laughs> Oh, did okay. I, I, yeah. I totally missed that. But there actually, there's a funny thing. There's there are um, two words in German that are extremely similar: schießen and scheißen. And yeah. one of them means to shoot, and the other one does not mean that. And I remember there was this really goofy kid in my my second year German class, and his his German was terrible. And, you know, I remember the teacher had written on the board, like, to shoot, and he had conjugated. Oh, no. <laughs> Shai, you know, ich scheiße, du scheißt, as he has scheißt. He's like, well, I don't know. Uh, you conjugated it correctly, but that does not mean to shoot. <laughs> that is not what you think. That, is, that does not mean what you think it means. <laughs> that does not mean what you think it means. Uh, well. Yeah. I would not say it was inconceivable because his German was really bad. Was it inconceivably bad? It was inconceivably bad. Well, I, I find if anyone who speaks two languages or knows a second language kind of okay, the words that they always know is are the, mostly the swear words. It's like... And <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's half Korean and... and yes, no, yes. I, know, I know how to curse. I know how to order food. I know how to say hello and I know how to say thank you. Okay, well, good for you. That ought to all come Great. in handy. That's all I know. See, I, uh, languages, I took French for two or three years in high school, and it comes back to me every now and again. And then I started my senior year in high school taking Japanese uh, because of because of the anime fandom. Um, okay. And, and then I took it for a year in college, too, which was two semesters. So it was kind of like 
and there was a time I was better, but it's like I could still pick up most of the general meaning of something if it's not a hugely con- kanji were my bane and hate because yeah, it's like if you I understand yeah, yeah. if you make well, me do that I'm gonna explode in uh, French <laughs> in French all I know is my name is Cheese oh. In, unless that's not actually your name. Yeah, I did terrible. I was at a convention in Montreal, and I do not speak French. And uh, so, yeah, um, would you like a cigarette? And uh, my name is Tiffany. And that's, that's about all I can say, and I don't even smoke. So <laughs> it's not handy. It's did, you, not uh, handy. Did, you try, did you try poutine when you were in Canada? Um, apparently not. It's it's uh, it's uh, Canada's national dish. It's uh, French fries covered in gravy. Oh no, and it's I good. That. Uh, let me see. I think I think what I remembered to say was um, je ne parle pas. Yeah, right. Je ne parle pas français. I don't speak French. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That's well, what I can say in French. <laughs> um, let's see. I have one for you that I've been holding okay. on to while Ben okay. was while Ben was um. And I, I doubt this is going anywhere, and if it is, I don't know if you could even say okay. so. Mm-hmm. Is there anything going on with the live-action Ava movie at all? Oh, I, have, I honestly have no idea. I mean, I hope so. I hear things about it from time to time, rumblings, rumors, discussions. with the rebuilds. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I would still like to see something going on with that, especially, you know, if uh, Weta is still involved with it. But I, I try not to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wondered. I just don't know. That's one of those. It's been so back and forth over the years, and it's just yeah. like I keep hoping that something will happen one of these days because I know that a lot of the ADV dubcast had expressed interest in popping up. In oh, the- yeah. Of course we would love to, but, I mean, if they shoot it in New Zealand or something, I don't know what the chances are that somebody's going to want to fly us over there to do that. But, you know, a girl can dream. Yeah. New Zealand would be nice to visit. Yeah, I've been to New Zealand. It's it's lovely, but I yeah, I doubt that they're gonna fly me there to to be in the movie. So yeah, it can just be a little fantasy of mine until it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and, then it, and it still can. Um, but ah, oh, geez. Um, let's see. I guess uh, without without being way too fan gush, I guess uh, Komei is probably one of my favorite roles that you did. Oh, thank you. From thank you very City. much. I I did love I did love playing that character. That was a lot of fun. Uh, when I talked to Mitsuishi-san about that, she uh, said that it was a very difficult role for her since it was really different than anything that she had done before that. And uh, I just I had a great time with Kome. It was the very first TV series that we worked on. The second one being Evangelion. Uh, prior to doing Kome, I'd just done a lot of, um, you know, short OVA projects. So I'd only ever done a character, you know, for two, three episodes or so. And uh, getting to work on a show for, uh, I don't know, about two years probably we worked on that. Because, you know, we record two episodes Mm. and then we'd be off for, you know, we'd, we'd do that one month and the next, you know, in between we were working on other stuff, but just doing two episodes every other month. Um, yeah, that was about, about two years or so that we worked on it. So 
It was, yeah. uh, was great. And that was when I first realized what a bummer it is when the show is over. Ooh, that uh, was hard. I felt that course, way when I finished watching it, too. It, like, of course, it was uh, many years later, but we did eventually get to go back and, and do those, uh, the OVAs, the three episodes. Mm-hmm. The OVAs, Blue Seed Beyond. I think it was three episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, Once. I believe so. Because I saw it when it yeah. came out. I remember buying That's... it like immediately. Right. We didn't dub that until, oh gosh, 2004 maybe, something like that. Wow. And we we did the TV series. We did that back like 95 through 97 when we were doing the 95 was... to 96 or 97. So... Yeah, that was a, there was a big big gap, and and of course in that time period, um, Amanda Amanda Wynn, who had been doing the the voice of Momiji, had she had long since moved to L.A. because she moved to L.A. around the the time that they yeah. wrapped up the the TV series, so Monica Real Monica ended up ended up doing the role. Yeah, and did an amazing job, really of of. From having to step in, originally when I had heard about it, I was like, "Oh, I don't know about that," but it actually. Yeah, but I, I think she did do a good oh. job, and the characters are a little bit older, so. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Jason uh, doing Kusanagi was. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Gosh, I had totally forgotten about yep. that. Yeah, that's right. I had to do Kusanagi. Jason and Amanda uh, uh, acting opposite each other, and. Mm-hmm. In their mm-hmm. in their later future roles. Is, being a couple. Yeah, well, they got they got married while that show was in production, while okay. Blue Seed was being produced. That I didn't know. Yeah, no. they actually took these, um, some little figurines and made them up to look like Momiji and Kusanagi and had that on their wedding cake. Yeah, I've seen a picture of the wedding cake, and I thought that was just sort of a nod to the fact. I didn't know what was going yeah, on. No, yeah, it was actually during the production of that show. They got married, oh, I want to say... Yeah, sometime in the the summer of 1996, something like that. I think it was, or was it 90? Maybe it was in 97. Summer, maybe it was the summer, summer of 97. I don't know. It was like, it was in 1997 when they moved out to Los Angeles. I know that. And so they had to finish recording all of their stuff for Evangelion before they moved out. So they had finished working on Ava way before the rest of us finished recording it. But they've lived out in L.A. for 14 years now. People talk to me like I see them all the time. They're like, I don't see them. <laughs> they live thousands of miles away so from say, me. Yeah, that she wasn't, she had stopped working for a while because uh, family stuff and, and also probably just moving out there. And then yeah, she, well, then she, well, they, you know, she got some work when they moved out there, some video game stuff and um, anime work. But, um, yeah, I don't think she's actually done anything in, in anime now for a few years. Yeah, I was going to say she hasn't, except for coming back to do Ray. Mm, no, uh, she didn't do Ray. She, she did in, oh, well, you guys, well, you all came back for EOE, though. Well, right. oh, yeah, but she directed and produced that, and that was 10 right. years ago. Right. Uh, but, yeah, no, She didn't not... come back for the new one, no. No, no, she's she did not work on um, the rebuild movies. Unfortunately, that was I was kind of bummed that that did I not was get too. worked out. But uh, you know, Brina does it does a very good job, and at times I almost forget that it is an Amanda. 
Of course, it's I not like thing. not like Ray is a real chatty Kathy or anything. So, she's kind of a, a quiet clone. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that uh, that J. Michael Tatum, who does the role of Kaji in the in the Ava uh, 2.0 movie, he does a fantastic job, and I understand that he has never seen the original, so he is not trying to imitate Aaron Crone. It's just that uh, the director, Mike McFarland, has seen all of the yes, original Ava. Yeah. yeah, and cast him because of that vocal similarity. <laughs> and the first time I heard him say something, I wasn't even looking at the screen, and I said, that's Kaji. So he's that good. He's really that's, good. That's good to know. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't, uh, whew, I hadn't, I didn't know who they, how they had done that. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. With all the, it's kind of like, in the one, on the one hand, it's like, oh, your majors are really important, but, yeah. and, and Kaji's a major minor. Um, yeah. Well, um, so. Mari um, um, uh, Makinami is played by Trina Nishimura. So that's uh, I think that pretty much rounds out the the main cast there. I assume you'll be back for three whenever the thing. Uh, gets I up. hope so, but it hasn't even been made yet. No, it hasn't even been made yet. They're be sure for me to start thinking about it when it's holding night. for funding, I think, and trying to make sure they get everything. Oh, yeah, because the uh, yeah, I only saw the first movie and it's spectacularly animated, the best animation I've seen in years. Oh, it was beautiful. And that that's that's one of the Gainix effects I'm afraid of is uh you know you know when that when during that era when Gainix was doing animation, you know, mm-hmm. they spend a lot of their budget on the first couple of episodes and I just remember uh like one series they did, I think it was a series right after Ava, mm-hmm. you know, they actually had one episode with everything done on like uh, paper puppets on popsicle sticks. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that was Caracano. It was like one of the later oh, episodes. Of oh, Caracano, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have not seen that. But. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, the, um, the June issue of New Type in Japan that, that came out about a week ago, the, on, Asuka's on the cover of cool. And it, you know, comes across as it's going to be some information about the third Ava movie, but I, from my understanding, the article is just something like, um, yeah, we haven't done it yet, but we will, so just hold on. We're working on it. <laughs> We're getting there. We'll That's do it. Tease. I know. We'll get around to it. That's so mean. Um, let's see. Other other roles of yours that I liked that were more <laughs> obscure. Um, oh, Clara, yes. Clara Sparks from uh, Deus Ex Invisible War. Oh, wow. You oh, you're good. That's <laughs> I'm impressed. That's that why was, he's here. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like if I hear Tiffany's voice, I go, that's Tiffany. And I was playing uh-huh. Deus Ex 2 and got killed right after, right, right in the scene where she comes in because I was like, er, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they produced that at uh, Ion Storm, which mm-hmm. was in Austin, and it's not there anymore. Nope. And that was really interesting. I went and auditioned for that. And uh, I remember chatting with the guys in the uh, in the recording studio, and they found out that I was Oscar and Evangelion, and they were you know Ava fans, blah blah blah. And I, I auditioned, and uh, I don't know. After a week or two, they they called me and they said that I was hired to do this character. 
So I went in and recorded, and then I didn't hear anything. And it was like weeks and months, and there were all these rumors swirling around about it that, uh, oh, they they were going to move production to hel- to L.A., and they were going to hire, you know, a bunch of famous name movie stars or whatever to to work on this show. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, at least I got paid for it. That was fun. And maybe four months later, I got a call at home from somebody at the studio. And he said, hey, you remember that Deus Ex 2 uh, video game? Do you still want to work on that? I mean... What kind of question is that for an actor? Like, oh, no, I am i don't want any acting jobs. Uh, I said, really? Um, I thought that was gone. And he said, no. Well, so here's what really happened is I think that they had toyed with that idea of possibly moving it to L.A. But what happened in the meantime is that they had scrapped I don't know, 80 or 90% of the original people they had cast to work yep. on the, the game and recast almost every part. But I was not recast. So I wasn't <laughs> aware of all of this stuff going on. And I went back in, so I got paid to do it again. So, you got paid to do it again. So, yay! <laughs> then I was really excited. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the game was actually something completely different at one point, and then they sort of changed it mm-hmm. partway through. And I know that was a partial design decision sort of a deal and and i really enjoyed it a lot of people who liked the first game didn't but i thought it was pretty awesome and a really worthy sequel um it just feels different and that happens a lot with sequels but you play it as um the main character is called alex and if you play it where alex is a female the voice is laura bailey Bailey. and if you play it as um alex is a male the voice is Uh, do you know it come on Oh, geez. Ah, you have just failed. It's Chris Sabat. Chris Sabat. Yeah, I was going to say, I was about to guess that, but I didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. I was. I oh, played a female yeah. Alex, so. Yeah, that... it's Laura Bailey and Chris Sabat, and they were not the original um, people that had voiced Alex when it got um, done the first time. Laura but, Bailey uh... also Blood Rain in mm-hmm. Blood Rain. Yeah. Um, this leads me to my next question, Tiffany. Uh-huh. How did you get, how do you even do that? Well, just by being who I am, uh-huh. being that awesome. Uh, Tiffany, yes. what uh, what was the most interesting non-anime voice role you did? Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Well, I've only done a couple of video games. I did the Deus Ex 2, and I played two different characters in a different video game called Unlimited Saga, um, which was sort of interesting. Um, sort of. Sort of. I know it was. It's weird because uh, you know we were doing it before it's it's animated, so all you have is just like a little picture of the of the oh. thing. And when we worked on an unlimited saga, the Japanese creator was there, and then there was an um, an American director, and there was a translator. So all of these people were telling me things, and that that was. That's got to be weird. I was going to yeah. ask. I was actually going to segue into something odd. like ever worked with the Japanese creator of something. Y- yes, and she I brought it up think earlier. That with was probably the only case where that actually happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, m- m- most of my other voice work is really just I've done some uh, very short 
cartoons for a local company, and uh, I've done a lot of uh, commercials. Hmm. Uh, for Gamera? Yeah. Oh well, of course. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like Japanese. Yes, that was that was very interesting. I did um, the the first and third Gamera films. I voiced uh, like the female lead in that, and that was very daunting. You know, we did the first one back in ninety six or so, or some something like that, about around ninety six or ninety seven maybe, and. That that was crazy hard. The first time going in and doing that, and you're trying to do voice matching with an actual person, not a little cartoon mouth, but a real person's mouth. That that was very um, that was very challenging. So yeah, that's probably the most interesting. Yeah, I was gonna uh, work I was that gonna I've done is, is live action. I, I don't know why that didn't pop into my mind. Um, probably 17 years worth of crap stored in my I was head. Say, there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff in there. Yeah. Um, once, you know, you kind of get going on it, it's, it's a little easier, but still it is, it's very, very daunting uh, trying to do something where it seems like it's natural and it, and it fits that person's face. And looks sort of like what they're saying. Of course, a lot of that is down to the script that I know that Matt worked on that very, very diligently. Uh, I actually did a script for a live action film, uh, which was... You've like, done some script work too, right? I've, yeah, well, I've, I've written about, uh, I don't know, 230 or something episodes of anime. I don't really know how many it is exactly. But I, I did the dubbing script for a Korean film... Ooh. called Jungle Juice. And that was difficult on two levels. One, I don't speak any Korean. So it was really foreign sounding to my ear after all of these years listening to Japanese. I don't <laughs> know. There's some kind of comfort to it where I understand kind yeah. of every other word that they're saying. And I I can't really follow it, but like it sounds familiar to me. And then that they were speaking in Korean and trying to fashion the dialogue where it looks like that might be what they're saying, you know, <laughs> following the translation and then trying to work that into a sentence that looks sort of natural coming out of that person's face. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be that. It was oh, it was crazy, crazy hard. That was so. Definitely... So Tiffany can definitely vouch for the fact that uh, Korean and Japanese are different enough that if oh, that you can't wow. really confuse the two. I, I just want to make yeah. sure that you can vouch for that because I oh my gosh, say no. oh, isn't it? Doesn't it sound the same? Like no, it doesn't. Oh, it it sounds so completely different. It yeah, it just it it was and. You know, after that, I also wrote about, I think, seven episodes of a show that we worked on, a beautiful, beautiful show called Michelle, which is loosely based on uh, the French children's book, The Little Prince. And uh, it was a Korean cartoon. And I wrote the last seven episodes of that. And again, it was Ooh. like listening to it and it's Korean and I have no idea what these people are saying. So just, you know, going off the translation, but still doing uh, a Korean cartoon 
a lot easier than doing a Korean live action. Right, a little closer to your yeah to your usual. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that they, there was a new animated version of the, of the Little Prince. All I was familiar with was yeah. that that really weird claymation one done in France. No, and and again, this is not the story of the Little Prince, but it's very much inspired by that. I did oh, okay. read. I, I knew that it was inspired by that, and I read The Little Prince. I was actually a continuing character in that show, so by the time we got to those, you know, me writing the last seven episodes, I was already, you know, really familiar with the show. But uh, it's, yeah. it's actually, it's a beautiful show. I would highly recommend that to anyone. It was. Oh, wonderful. yeah. I, I love the work of Korean animators. I'm not just saying that because of some sort of weird half-nationalistic pride. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... Um, uh, it was a great. Actually, gave a copy of it to my my four year old niece uh, on her birthday, because the main protagonist of the show is a twelve year old girl who flies her own plane, and she's really um, kind of badass and awesome. Ooh. And uh, they there's a there's a certain level of decorum within uh japanese or within i'm sorry within korean society that's very much reflected in their in their animation and children's programming i mean a lot of people don't know that uh sailor moon was not allowed to be shown in korea for several years because they thought it was too racy they felt these girls you know their skirts are too short that's you know (laughs) that's not not appropriate for children and so i can tell you that in michelle everyone is very modestly dressed (laughs) they are they're all wearing very appropriate attire that's really weird for me because i've been i've been reading a lot of manhwa that's korean comics and a lot of the more famous manhwa artists draw really, really, really outrageously sexy women. Right, but that's a manhwa that might be aimed at an older audience, not a cartoon that's aimed at children. Right. So I think it has more to do with um, the intended audience. And there's certain things that in the Japanese culture that, you know, where Sailor Moon would be perfectly acceptable but for other reasons, would not be in Korea. So Well, not anymore in Japan. They just passed that stupid law. Oh, I know, I know. <sighs> and by the way, Go Nagai did a great job of like telling the politicians how stupid they were. Oh, I, ha- I have not read um, Nagai's response to that. Oh, he, he basically said, uh, he basically said, you should be worried more about real victims than yeah. cartoon <laughs> characters. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that is true. That is very true. Uh, let's see. I've got two other things for you, I guess, in that roles that I really like that you were in. Okay, uh, go ahead. Becky Farah. Yes, thank um, you. Yeah, obviously. Gunsmith cast. No pizza and no Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you had a role in Princess Nine. I did have a role in Princess Nine. Um, I love a, Princess Nine. Thank so. you. It was originally a different role. Uh, oh. I was originally cast to play... Ah, uh, the um, the green-haired girl, the one whose father is the vice principal. The tennis, uh, the one who's like the second to. She's um, she wears glasses and. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry, I'm totally blanking on her name right now. I am too, which is even uh, more. Which you know, a show that I worked on ten years ago. Go figure. But uh, anyway, yeah, I was originally cast to play that character, and I actually 
went in and had a recording session and recorded all of the lines for that character for the first, um, you know, first episodes that she was in, like the first three, four episodes. And I as I was watching it, and this was back in the days when I did watch the shows before I worked on them, I kept commenting on this character, uh, Yoko, that, oh, that, you know, that that character was much more like me. And they show when they introduce the characters, like they would show their birthday. And Yoko and I um, had almost the same birthday. It was off by like one day. And uh, I just I kept relating to that character. So here I had finished recording all of this one role and we were f completely finished with the session and um, Matt Greenfield, who was directing it, and by the way, that's his favorite show that he ever directed. Yeah. So he'll be thrilled that you brought that up. Um, anyway, he looks at me and he says, well, what do you think about doing Yoko? And I said, well, but I just, you know, already did. I'm, and by the way, I'm looking it up right now because it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I'm doing the uh, same thing. Um, no, 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 no. It's uh, Keiko uh, Mita. Yeah, K oh. Kanako Mita. Yeah. Mita. Um, right, and her, her father was the principal of the school, Principal Mita. Um, anyway, so I said, but I, but I just did Kanako. And he's like, yeah, but I think that you might be better as Yoko. And what had happened was the the girl who was originally cast to play Yoko, um, her grandmother was really sick and they couldn't book her because she was um, taking care of her grandmother. And so he was going to have to recast the role of Yoko anyway. So he's like, well, let me just, we'll just book you for, so I ended up getting paid for it. So I got paid to record <laughs> the role of Kanako because I had just done it. And then they booked me to come back in and and do the the role of Yoko, hmm. and I came back in and and recorded those lines. And what was funny is my dialogue was still on there because they hadn't cast the role yet of Kanako, and so when I was recording as Yoko, I could still hear myself as Kanako. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Yoko Tokashiki, and uh, her trademark line was pretty much uh, my goal is to be a baseball player who can also sing and dance yeah and that that's pretty much an accurate summation of her character that's a that glee she... moment right there exactly <laughs> rachel exactly. berry like i'm gonna do everything yeah it's a very rachel berry type uh attitude that she had uh, she was gonna be a star and she thought that the, you know, this baseball team was getting a lot of publicity. And so since she was going to be an idol, then she thought maybe she could get a lot of publicity on this baseball team, even though she knew nothing. Team. She knew nothing at all about baseball. She had no athletic ability. But she thought, I'll, I'll get onto this baseball team and get some publicity, and that will boost my, my idol career, which is <laughs> imminent. Uh, not maybe a great plan, but that, that was her that was her plan. And I guess uh, 
you had, I don't think, I think you had like some extremely minor role in Bubblegum Crisis 2040, but... I did, yes. Uh. I played a character called Manager 352, <laughs> and uh, she was in the first two episodes, and when ADV was dubbing that show, when they started dubbing the, the, the English version of the show, it wasn't finished yet in Japan. Mm, right. And... They had been told that that was going to be a continuing supporting character. And then they ended up changing the idea of the storyline. And so uh, Manager 352 disappeared after that second episode. Mm. But I did come back in some later episodes of uh, Bubblegum Crisis and did just some like an announcer stuff and background things. Mm. But I'm only in it, yeah, just a little tiny bit. Okay. Uh, and I've got I've got one more. I think. Okay, I'll, I'll let Rob can, go ahead. If I can, uh, and then I got one. yeah, and Neil probably. I was gonna say Neil probably has something. Uh, Steel Angel Kurumi. Oh yes, I played Steel Angel Tsunami. Yep. And that I did. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning Kurumi that. Kurumi is like a great show, and it has so. ADV did so much like extra stuff for that. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah, so much. Even was like, really into the extras. Yeah. There was like that was the one that I think besides noir, which has a crap ton of extras on it, mm-hmm. um, where where you guys had recorded stuff. There's like noir sock puppet theater. In in one part of noir, which you can yeah. it's like an we, Easter egg on the disc. We still have those. We still have those. Sock Hilarious. Puppets. Oh my god. <laughs> we still have, I was gonna say yeah. they, that and and uh, Steel Angel Kurumi had a lot of extras, and it's one of my favorite shows that ADV ever did. I think it was one of those that really exemplified the ADV studio and casting because oh. of everybody like coming together for that and everybody that got picked for the individual and then plus Claudia Black. Yeah, yeah, no there. kidding. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, Stephen Foster was um producing the DVDs for Farscape at that time and uh through that he ended up meeting Claudia Black. There's a million awesome extras on the Farscape DVDs. And there were a lot of interviews with the actors, including Claudia. And uh, I don't know, Stephen came up with the idea of getting her to come and uh, work on that show. Hmm. Which was awesome. Okay. So. Uh, I got one question for you, and then we'll move on to Neil's question, if you don't okay. mind, Neil. All right. That's fine. Okay. Uh, you know, in, in Japan, whenever they have like a, a young boy or, mm-hmm. or a really effeminate male, it, mm-hmm. it's actually a woman doing the voice, but... You, but, you know, most of the time it's, a, you know, it's, in America we... It's a standard voice acting practice that's happened in every country um, since the dawn of recorded voices. Yeah. So, like, if you're listening to some old uh, radio program that was recorded in the U.S. or any country, like in 1934, and you hear a little boy on the show, it's not a little boy, it's a woman doing the voice. Just like when you hear, you know, Bullwinkle, it's not a guy doing Bullwinkle, it's a woman. It's uh, June Foray, I believe. Uh, So, yeah, women have always done voices for little boys as long as there has been any medium to record them so it's, Tiffany it's has very done much many. an industry standard yes and i have done a lot of them angry it, screaming children yes it's Did something you? that i enjoy tremendously <laughs> 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 nancy cartwright for crying out loud i mean she's been doing bart simpson for over 20 years you did so. min did you do min brother in, in uh, my cross dub yeah uh-huh 
Yeah, I did, as a matter of I thought of. you did. I was going to yeah. say. Speaking of annoying little children. Yeah, I know. He was annoying. <laughs> did. And one of my favorite ones was Tsukasa Ishikawa in a show called Legend of the Mystical Ninja based on the Goemon video games. That was one of my very favorite. I was going to uh, bring those little, up later. Little boy role that I did. And also I did um, in Excel Saga, one of the many characters I played was Sandora, who is Pedro's son. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Excel Saga. I love loved, it so much. Loved Sandora. That was probably my favorite character that I did in Excel Saga. Um, and also uh, another really awesome little boy I got to play was uh, in a show called Wandaba Style. It was just a 12-episode TV series, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I played this uh, kind of mad scientist, boy genius character, um, Dr. Um, Susumo Sukumo. So, uh, yeah, I've done a, done a lot of little boy characters, and they are awesome, awesome, awesome fun. Neil? Neil? Well, I just have two, you know... Uh... Rob's been doing uh, doing his fan picks, so I'm gonna. I have two that I narrowed it down to, because otherwise we'd be here all night if I went through all. Of yeah, I, that's why I had to yeah. narrow it, and I, that's as narrow as I could make it. Okay, I have. Uh, I always screw up this name, so it's. I'm not even gonna try. It's mm-hmm. in Macross. It's the. It's the lead female. Oh yeah, uh, Laplamas. La Centrati. Yeah, Laplamas. Yeah, and she's. Yeah. But she's not as Centrati. She's a something, and I always get confused about what they are. It's like they're. Yeah, but it's the female yeah. species of the Zentradi. Exactly. There yeah. you go, the ladies Zentradis, whatever they were. Um, yeah, Laplamas. Yeah, that was my other character in uh, in uh, Macross. Besides Minmay's brother, I, was his name Junpei? I can't even remember. That's terrible. Yotchan, I think. Yotchan, that's it. I have played yeah. a character called Junpei though. But you're right. That was you Yotchan. have. <gasps> yes. Sorry, it gets confusing in my brain. <laughs> I had to look it up too, so don't. It's not like yeah. I didn't, and I'm a Macross person, but I still had to look it up. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, my other pick, since mm-hmm. Becky was already mentioned, we don't right. have to. We don't have to give a shout out to Becky anymore. Okay. Uh, is Kyoko from Nuku Nuku? Oh yeah, what? yeah. There was all those different versions of Nuku Nuku. We did first. We did the OVAs, and. Oh wow! Then, then I think we did Nuku Nuku Dash, and then there it was, was the t- there was there was three different there were three different series. I don't even remember now which order we yeah. did them in, but uh, these and then the TV series and then Dash. Yeah. Yeah, just, I I guess we did them in that order. That's probably the order that they came out in, but I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mainly identified with the original uh, OVAs because that was the one that I had been most familiar with. And, you know, we had started to do that, wow, more like back in about 1998, but then we ended up not working on it until around, I don't know, 2003, 2004, something like that. But thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and this one is for Neil. She, I, I'm looking this up, so I'm cheating on this one. You mm. had a minor voice of a kindergarten teacher in Dirty Pair of Flash, I think. Uh, yeah, I did some stuff in Dirty Pair of Flash. I um, because Neil's a big Dirty Pair fan, so so am yeah. I. And, yeah, and in um, 
in one of the Dirty Pair incarnations, uh, it was one of my early projects that I did a little boy voice, and the character's name was Sam. So I actually remember that. Uh, some character, some little boy called Sam in uh, one of the Dirty Pair <laughs> series. I, again, I just, I get so confused. I, I, I know I did more than a kindergarten teacher in Dirty Pair Flash, but, you know, quite honestly, at this point, it's so hard for me to remember which one is which. Uh, that's, I'm pulling up my own uh, resume here because it's got a lot more information on it. <laughs> Then, then you uh, have in your head, yeah. Yes, and then let's see. Um, oh, it was the Dirty Pair, o- original Dirty Pair OVAs. The character was Sam, and uh, that came out in like 1999. It was episode four. And uh, let's see, Dirty Pair Flash. Oh, I just put down multiple background voices, episodes four and five. Hmm. The Dirty I- Pair one, it might be the one where all the kids... Uh, hijack the uh the military base i think that's the was one. in dirty pair flash was there an episode of um like i don't know some kind of robots or something that go on a shooting spree in a shopping mall or is that a different show it sounds very <laughs> dirty pair-esque so yeah there might have been yeah. a show like that in both series yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna say there's that and bubblegum crisis so it could yeah, be it's it's that. It's yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Bubble Crisis. So I think it was Dirty Pair Flash. They all kind of blend together. It's that whole Blade Runner era of anime. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, you got anything else for me? I, I'm, I think we're pretty oh. much out of uh, questions. Other than other than telling uh, other than asking you to uh, to whisper in Matt's ear and see if we can't get him to come on one day. Oh, um, I don't know if that's happening or not. I'll. Uh, I, uh, so I wasn't going to ask. But. I figured I would. I would just throw it out there. And yeah. I let Rob pick the heat. He's really big and know. scary. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, it's just uh, yeah, uh, big fans of his of his work, and he also did Huga. In Ava, yes, he, he did. He did do the voice of Huga, and what people know less is that he did the voice of all of the Ava units in uh, in Evangelion. All the all the roars. Yes, uh huh. He did all those. He does a lot of like monster sounds, creature cool. sounds, and stuff like that, just because he doesn't want the actors to ruin their voices. And wasn't that another case where the uh, where the the soundtracks were mixed and you couldn't separate them, and that's why you had to no. do the, oh. No, I mean, it, we're done. Like like in Evangelion, for example, the voice actor who did um, the role of Huga yeah. also did the Ava units. So since Matt was already doing Huga, he thought he likes that kind of continuity. He's real, <laughs> yeah. he's real okay. um, particular about that. Um, you know, if there's um, on a show, like, for example, um, Martian Successor Nadesco. Love that uh, show. Okay. Yeah. There's there's the show within a show on um Nadesco. Dicky Gengar three. Dicky Gengar. Right. So in in Nadesco I played the role of Ryoko. And um it was the same voice actor in uh in the Japanese who had done the character of Junpei on Junpei. Geki Ganger. There's where I did Junpei. Yeah, um, on Geki Ganger. 
So since that was done in Japanese, he went ahead and uh, and did that same thing uh, in the English version. And so he's um, he's really a stickler for that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I love Nadeshko was just how how perfect Gekin Gengar 3 was for a non-existent uh, retro giant robot anime. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they never did get the rights for us to... You know, there was an OVA release. Yeah, 30 minutes I know, I was so mad about that. Gekki Ganger 3, and um, yeah, that never did get to come out. And so that's... mad about that. When, yeah. I, when we watched, I would watch the series, I'm like, I'm missing right. this. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. Uh, Rob and I watched the series, and then I said to Rob, hey, did you, did you hear about the Gekki Ganger 3 OVA? And Rob's like, what? I didn't know about it at the time, yeah. Uh-oh. So, uh, uh. That was back in the day. Yeah. Um, Way back in the day. Oh, and I'm sorry. I just wanted to say Chisa Yokoyama. I'm sorry because my name had blanked. My mind had blanked there. Chisa Yokoyama was um, the original voice of uh, Ryoko Subaru as well as Junpei. So. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Let's see. Um, I guess the only other thing... Uh, let's see. Herm. I guess during ADV's... I don't know if it was early or not, but probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, when everybody was doing uh, hentai. <laughs> <laughs> off and on. And I was everybody say, doing hentai? Not everybody, know. but... Um, Oh geez, now I can't remember the release. But Rob, everybody... you say it. You say it. You make it sound like it's some sort of CD backroom. No. In well, no. Um, <laughs> everybody, uh, everybody had pseudonyms. Did they? For their yes, they did. No. She's I to play. don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, you you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, Lucy? I don't um, know. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> No. Um, I have no idea. Thought it would be required for me to embarrass us both by bringing that yes. up. Uh, Lucy Morales. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure Morales. You're not mentioning yeah. anything that I can confirm or deny. Best, best possibly uh, deny. Best pseudonym name ever. Although <laughs> Amanda Wynn may have possibly had. What about Alan Smithy? Well, that too. Well, then the one that, that uh, JMS supposedly wanted when they were doing Babylon 5 Crusade, he wanted to list himself in the director credits as I've been screwed. <laughs> but they, oh. <laughs> that That's not been, bad. They wouldn't let him do it. But. Oh. <laughs> because well, he was, that's sad. Yeah. I, think, I don't know if, if yours or Amanda Wins was better, but uh, that's one I just Again, like. Again, I, I, I don't <laughs> think you're mentioning anything that I can I'm comment about. Anything. No, no. Um, Rob, Rob, let it go. I'm done with that. No, I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> it has been brought. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you did that, Rob. I had to do it, man. Neil, do you have anything for us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, sort of embarrassed all of us, Rob. Yep. That's scary. Uh, okay, it's so. uh. So how are we looking on length, Neil? Uh, we've we are been talking just... for a really, really long time, so yeah. I am going to have to be cutting this off soon. <laughs> okay, okay. That's well, stopping in, though. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up, then. 
All right. Uh, well, it was great to have you, Tiffany. We we well, love having you here. We we hope we haven't discouraged you from any future appearances. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you would ever talk to me about in the future. I think we've discussed everything that has happened in my life for the last 17 years. Well, I know, but if we have a topic like uh, if you're interested in, in our localization or we have another episode called Defending Carl Masick, if you're interested. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I say, might, might chime in there. Since we kind of touched on that and... I know it's. Um, we're yeah, still looking simple. for. We're still looking for an anti-Masic person that's rabid enough to be anti. I don't think we're gonna find one. I, I think. I, I don't think know. Kind of I don't really that... want to be that confrontational with somebody because yeah. I like. I'm so beyond that. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah, but what I mean is, I'm trying to find someone who is rabid enough to be anti-Masic, but calm enough to not be. It's hard crazy. to find anybody these days. I don't want. I don't want someone to be ravenous. I just want them to be. To you bring know, up engaging. Yeah, engaging. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think we're gonna find anyone. I think we're. I think we've acknowledged that we're kind of attacking a straw man. So <laughs> yeah, we might probably well just that. These days, yeah. <laughs> we might should probably just... just do the we love Carl Masick show and just leave it at that, or, or roll it into the localization episode. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. That's true. They do tie in. So again, Tiffany, great to have you here, and okay. uh, I thoroughly apologize awesome. for Rob. <laughs> I apologize for Ben. Okay, and uh, I'll just go ahead and apologize for Neil. I didn't have as many questions as I wanted to ask, but uh, that's all right. I hope I I hope I dropped some good some good trivia. No, you you guys had lots of really good questions. You had lots of interesting things that uh, were not necessarily all the same ones that I've had before. So awesome, excellent, awesome. So yes. uh, oh. so this is your host Ben. Chibi's Mr. Neil. And Rob. And Tiffany Grant saying, what are you, stupid? <laughs> so uh, everybody go out and get the Ava 2.0. Right and, away. Yes. And, uh, and uh, we're saying good night. Good night. Goodbye. for trying to rob someone like me. <laughs> Serena, you didn't do anything to stop them from robbing us. That's right. You didn't lift one little finger to stop our robbery. Yes, I did. The person who foiled your feeble attempt at robbery is currently my employee. My father hired her to be my temporary bodyguard. She did what she was told. <laughs> now aren't you embarrassed a servant was able to defeat all you highwaymen? <laughs> Her laugh, her voice, she's just like, Naga with her vanity and self-delusion! Why did I ever take this job? Perfect! This is just what I needed. Why are you buying more clothing? We can barely carry what we have. Oh, that reminds me. Would you throw away all the clothing that I've worn on the trip? What? Throw out your clothes? How else am I to maintain a fresh, clean wardrobe after the first wearing the clothes are dirty? Sir, please remove the accessories that come with the dress. Certainly, miss. I can't believe it. Every night at the taverns where I stay, I struggle to wash and dry my clothing. Oh, dear God. I can't believe what you just said. I can't survive without changing my clothing twice a day. 
On this trip, I'm making a huge sacrifice by only changing clothes once a day. By the way, take care of Bill. Huh? Hey, wait! Why do I have to pay for your purchase? Traveling expenses. Huh? I knew it. Oh, don't forget the local sales taxes. <gasps> Don't you love hot springs after a day of shopping? I can't believe how fast you're burning through money on this trip. Why, yes, Lena, but I think you secretly enjoy all these luxuries. Where did that come from? And why do I have to guard you even when you're bathing? <laughs> shopping in hot springs are a guilty pleasure all women share. I suppose someone here is too much of a child to appreciate the good life. Hey, that better not be a reference to my breast size. Feeling a little insecure, Lena? <laughs> so you dare to steal a peek at my beauty? I can't think of a more outrageous folly. Now look, stop claiming credit for things you didn't do. <laughs> True, the person who did the dirty work was my bodyguard. Talk all you want, but without a bodyguard for protection, you would be at the mercy of bandits and perverts. I suppose so. But my ability to enjoy this victory over crime only serves to prove that my perspective on life is as large as the size of my breasts. <laughs> my god, she is like Naga. Uh, damn it, you let that peeping Tom get away. There might have been a bounty on that perverted bastard. Obviously, you still have a lot to learn, Lena. Oh, you're right. You two, why are you here without permission? Uh, excuse us, you didn't return our phone calls. We have extremely urgent and important information for you, Lady Akiko! It's that high school cat girl android! She's a waitress at Aki's in Narima Sake Cho! Yes, I know. Look at this. Look at this! It's that android cat girl! The Aki's chain is a notable newcomer in the fast food field. Their sales figures have risen rapidly this summer, particularly at their branch in Sake Ocho, where the girl pictured on the cover, Atsuku Natsume, is quite but Do you understand now? My priorities, as a businesswoman, must always take precedence over personal matters. Is she really serious? Yes, I am! You aren't allowed to do anything to her as long as she works at my restaurant! No fair! Excuse me, Lady Akiko. I wish to place one more thing in front of you. Well, what do you want? Would you please be so kind as to lend us some money? 5,000 yen would be plenty right now. How did a 5,000 yen request end up as a paltry 500 yen loan? It's a small miracle she let us borrow anything at all. She made us sign a promissory note. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Men That's find her so attractive, I can't figure it out. Well, you know, men just can't stay away from a bimbo with big bosoms. It draws them like flies to honey. I can't accept that. Intelligent women like us are tomorrow's true modern woman. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, you're intelligent? Ugh. Have you two ladies decided what you want? One coffee. And you? Nothing, thank you. Huh? I said I don't want anything. Yes, ma'am. That will be one coffee. We have to do something. 
since we failed to get rid of that darn cat girl. Our pay has been cut, our bonus has been canceled, and no more vacation either! We have to work all night, sometimes until morning. No holidays off. Not even time for a date. No one ever asks us out. Oh. What miserable women we are! We have to do something, no matter what she said! Mm-hmm. Sorry to keep you waiting. <laughs> Please enjoy your coffee. <sighs> Free refills. We can share a cup. It's cheaper to have coffee that way. I understand that. You don't have any communicable diseases, do you? Excuse me! <laughs> you can't catch it through this kind of <laughs> Now let's find that secret agent who's hiding among the students attending the school! Yes, and the chief is absent. If we do a good job, then our future in the company is sure to be a big success! But don't you think we've gone too far with our costumes? Well, there's an old folk saying, you can't see the trees for the forest. We won't attract attention if we dress like students. Uh, you may be right, but I don't think that's the correct wording of the old folk saying. Well, regardless of what the correct saying is, I think I look good in this costume. But I think it's going to be tough for us to find just one secret agent in this huge crowd of people. <laughs> Why do you think I chose this festival as the place to find the agent? You have a plan? Good job! You're really on the ball, Arissa. Of course. If this agent has the power and the speed to destroy one of our company's test mecha, then this agent will want to take part in the sports festival. Oh, now I see. We just have to watch the students. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, I Becky? I said, why did ah! you take such a stupid assignment? At least I could have gotten you a better deal. Look, I told you, he had the license and there were all those taxes. It's entrapment. Rally, you got a fax. Oh, Becky, what are you doing here? <gasps> good question. <laughs> it's obvious my good opinion isn't worth anything here. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what. Why don't I buy you dinner? No pizza? And no Chinese. <laughs> All right, Rally. I thought we were going out to dinner. You and Meg can sit in the car while I run an errand. And after that, we can all get something to eat. Hey, do you need me to help you with anything? Just stay in the car. Uh, why should I? Oh, I see. You want me to keep an eye on her. <laughs> Bingo! Ah, now, wait a second here. Ah! I'm not involved with any of this. The way to crack this is to figure out what these things really are. Maybe it's a phone number, or maybe not. It's not a bank account number, but it could be some sort of code. Hmm. Hey, did you guys notice anything strange on the day you caught Washington? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> we did it! Yeah, that was perfect rhythm! Are you listening to me?! Uh... I'm sorry. This information is priceless. But first... But hmm? first, we'll need evidence. You got it. Well, I think we can handle that, right? <laughs> Absolutely! Such enthusiasm. <laughs> hey, wait a second! At least wait for me to finish making these printouts! Is this the right place? 
Well, the shipment should have arrived here last night. I don't know. Sorry, Becky, you'll have to stay here. It's all right. I wouldn't come if you asked me. <laughs> I know. <laughs>